to Horror Culture Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And it's a very special Halloween bonus episode. Ooh. We are concluding what we started last year. And I honestly don't think I've ever been this excited to talk about a film on a podcast before. Okay. <laughs> we are talking about the film that's on everyone's lips right now on Horror Twitter. The film that everyone's got a lot to say about. It is Halloween Ends. The conclusion to the Halloween franchise. <laughs> yes. For now. Yes. For now. Of course, released in 2022. It is out right now. Written and directed by David Gordon Green, uh, who made the likes of George Washington, Pineapple Express, Your Highness, The Sitter, Joe, Prince Avalanche, Stronger... Of course, Halloween and Halloween Kills, episodes of Red Oaks, The Sex Lives of College Girls, The Righteous Gemstones, and more. He made George Washington. He made him. I made George he, he made him. Um, yeah, got some David Gordon Green uh, quotes to read out. But first of all, let's get to the rest of who made it. Co-written by Paul Brad Logan. The only other film he's written before is Manglehorn. Chris Bernier, who wrote an episode of... The House, a Hulu Halloween anthology. He wrote Nothing Else. And the frequent collaborator throughout this trilogy, Danny McBride, who produced and wrote some other things, but he's mostly known uh, as a comedian for starring in films like Pineapple Express, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, The Disaster Artist, Sausage Party, This Is The End, Tropic Thunder, Drop It Taylor. He was in Alien Covenant as well. Uh, and so many more. So you have two... Writers who have written only one thing previously. Yeah, not popular pieces of work either. No, and neither of them had anything to do with Halloween 2018 or Halloween Kills. No. Right, okay. Another piece of that puzzle? Yeah, there's um, much like the Drag Race uh, Snatch Game. Was it this year? The one where everyone was terrible. That was, that was, apart from Lil Wayne. Yeah, we have, yeah. much like that, uh, we do have an investigation to launch. Oh, yeah. Let's start, start by saying this, and let's get this out there right now, okay. make this clear. Let's... We do not hate this film. No. Just as a disclaimer, because there's a good chance if you listen to this, you're probably expecting us to shit on it. Because that's what every other podcast has done, and some have done it very well. May I recommend the Horror Shows episode, which was hilarious. Um, you know, we get it though. We get it. We we completely understand why you wouldn't like this film. Um, our job today is to figure out how this ended up where it is, and to discuss some of the more <laughs> bizarre things here. So, budget twenty million dollars. Let's start with this. It's currently on eighty four point two million dollars, which is a profit, but it isn't great. Now, Blumhouse did that thing that they did with Freaky that didn't really work with Freaky, and they released it on the same day as Peacock streaming. Yes. They did the same with Halloween Kills. I think Halloween Kills made more money, though. Um, with this, there was a dramatic drop recently in how much it was making, but it's also the number one streaming film, the number one horror release on streaming currently. So, yeah. it's I think it was a terrible idea, if you ask me. Um, at least give it a few weeks. We know these films can make money. And they can make money with 
um, a woman in her 60s in the so-called lead role, the, t- the top right. build cast top and producer. And producer. You know, those sort of films should be making money, but you're kind of not giving it a chance. But also, it brings about the question that I can't believe I'm asking. Did David Gordon Green want to make money on this film? <laughs> um, it's a lot of his reasonings yeah. behind decisions and a lot of his choices go against what I believed would make a Halloween film. Not Halloween as in the season, Halloween as in Michael Myers, Laurie yeah. Strode, Halloween. Yeah. And Halloween Kills was closer to that, oh, I felt, yeah, absolutely. but still had a large backlash against it. Yeah. And didn't do as well as Halloween 2018. Now, no. we've got the old COVID to thank for some of that. Yeah. But I think the reaction to Halloween Kills and the lacklustre reviews mm. for Halloween Ends and Halloween Kills has, I think that's what led them to do the release in cinema and streaming on the same day. Yeah. Because, and I think a lot of the time they only really care about America because that's where the money is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why they did that because a lot of the core Halloween fan base mm. maybe would sort of say, eh, I can wait. Yeah. You know, if it was out in the cinema, you know, two, three, five days before streaming, because they felt Halloween Kills went against the formula Mm -hmm. and the reviews out for Halloween Ends, and this is very fucking true, goes completely against the formula. Yes. I'll wait till it's streaming. So before before we launch our investigation... Um, I, I do have some things to say. Now, I, like I said, I understand people not liking it. There's four things I don't understand. <laughs> the people that say it's an embarrassment to the franchise. Now, okay, let me just remind you. This is the same franchise that has bumbling cops, an incoherent cult, Buster Rhymes doing martial arts on Michael Myers, an entire film dedicated to evil masks created using a rock from Stonehenge, and an entire film featuring young Michael Myers and his dead mother with a white fucking horse guiding adult Michael Myers around Haddonfield. Those films exist, guys. Come on. Yeah. Like, and, and I've seen some people who have said this is an embarrassment. I've seen them give, like, fucking Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 five stars. Like, come, come on, really. The people that say it's the worst film they've ever seen, please contact me. I'm Gazmo205 on Instagram, gascruz 92 on Twitter. Please contact me. I will give you a list of films worse than this. If this is the worst <laughs> film you've watched... I'm jealous. Good for you. You know, that, that, you know that's great. That's you great. Know, you're you're if, doing it right. If all you've watched are five-star <laughs> masterpieces, then, you know, well done. Number three. The people that say it ruined their lives or ruined Halloween as a season for them. <laughs> are you fucking serious? Get a fucking grip. It is a little... Uh, this film ruined my life. That's, that's very far-fetched. It ruined you know? your entire existence. People are dying, Kim. People are dying. Kim? Yeah. Who the fuck is... Courtney Kardashian. Oh. People are dying, Kim. No, 
I, you're obviously more well versed on the Kardashians to me. Do you know, remember when she lost no. her diamond? I lost my diamond <laughs> earring in the ocean. Uh, and fourth, and certainly not last but not least, um, the people who have started a petition for this film to be remade. Yeah. <laughs> sort yourselves out. That is fucking privilege to the extreme. It pissed me off when they did it for Star Wars, and it's pissed me off even more when they're doing it for this. You actually think because a film didn't go the way you wanted it to that the entire studio, the entire cast and crew are going to remake it from the ground up. Get fucking real. It's, it's, well, I suppose it's it's a difficult one because at the end of the day, film is a business. Yeah. We are the consumers. If I got a bad pizza from Domino's... I would have issues with that. Yeah. And as the customer, I should be able to say, I didn't like yes, this absolutely. Domino's pizza. Yeah. Now, I can ask for them to redo the pizza and send it again. Mm. But I don't think that quite works with Phil. <laughs> I mean, we're talking... Uh, the, the money difference is a lot... If... <laughs> More. If your pizza had a fucking hair on it, or if it gave you food poisoning, you'd been absolutely every right to ask them to redo That's it. That's also if you yeah. simply didn't like it, because like if if you asked for like fucking ham and pineapple, and you said, "Can you redo it?" So I don't like pineapple. It ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. People, this film is not physically hurting people. How the fuck no. can they ask for it to be fucking remade? This is fucking horrendous suggestion. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like if if the Domino's pizza had a big turd on it, mm-hmm. then no one can eat it. Yeah, exactly. So no one can exactly. eat it. But just because it has, I was surprised that it had pineapple on it. <laughs> I may not like pineapple. I'm, uh, just for the record, I fucking love pineapple. It's curry cunningham pineapple. Are you I, using I, pineapple? No, no, I don't. Love <laughs> I do not love Corey Cunningham. Um, I love pineapple on pizza, just for the record. But if I didn't like pineapple on pizza, I would say this isn't for me. Yeah, I'm surprised that this has pineapple pineapple on on the pizza, but you could love pineapple on the pizza, exactly. so you can have exactly. my Domino's. Now, that's a bit of a shit analogy that I just made up on the spot, but I, th- I think we get the, I think we get the idea, yeah. don't we? <laughs> How would you have done this film? How would I have done this film? Yeah. I would have made this film 100% about Laurie Strode. Yeah. I would have had whatever... What's the running time? Two hours and 15 minutes. An hour and 55. An hour and 55. Well, it felt longer. Um... <laughs> I would have had the whole film about Laurie Strode. This trauma. Like still trauma, memoir writing Laurie trauma. Strode. Still that same memoir character. Memoir writing, you know, we don't have to have the kills. We don't have to have the slasher stuff. Because she fucking killed everyone off in Halloween Kills. <laughs> so you don't need to introduce any more characters. It's about Laurie Strode. Yeah. And and Michael Myers. So Michael Myers can still be in the in freaking... Uh, sewer or, or something yeah. and we can have him kill some random people because it's a slasher film but I really the, the film should have been about Laurie Strode coming to terms with the path that her life has taken Yeah, coming to terms with that and then eventually finally banishing the evil yeah. at the end 100% mm-hmm. done 
yeah. you know, and so this is Halloween Ends, Laurie Strode, you know, I wouldn't even have been mad if they both died together, mm. you know, um... I wouldn't have minded. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. She first, first of all, let's oh. get a big spoiler. Alert. <laughs> <laughs> if you're new to this podcast, um, we discuss films scene for scene, and this new film that is currently in the cinema right now that's oh, just been spoiled shit. for you. Um, I didn't be, spoil, no, you didn't, I didn't spoil, spoil anything. Shit. I've only told you what didn't happen. Well, you tell you what you would have done. That's fine. Um, spoiler alert is in effect from now. We will be discussing yes. who dies and who lives in this yes. film. <laughs> yes, we will. We will. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I agree. And that is one of the ways I would have done it. Yeah, it it's, it's something that's pissed me off is 2018, I feel, really did that well. It did. Um, could have done it a little more, but we had a trilogy of films. Yeah. We were promised a trilogy of films. Halloween Kills, Laurie Strode's barely in it. Mm. Um, and it touches on the idea that Laurie has brought this Michael Myers, this evil, mm. back to her. Something that's briefly touched on here. Yeah, and the idea that actually what happened in 1978 was a complete coincidence. Mm. She just happened to be the one that survived. Yeah. And it wasn't about her. It wasn't about her friends. It just she had you know it's like the strangers why are you yeah. doing this you were in yeah and you know what the re-watching it um because i, I re-watched 2018 and halloween kills before before doing this episode and those scenes where laurie strode is saying you know oh he's coming for me he's coming for me, genuinely emotional scenes mm. because she was so traumatized and so delusional from these attacks that she gen her life she'd been obsessed with michael myers but he doesn't know who she is yeah. He doesn't care. Doesn't care. He doesn't care. Like, he's brought to her. And that is why not having the brother and sister thing in here works. Because it adds more of an emotional story for Laurie Strode. Yeah. And, and also, what I think has been an interesting idea in the original Halloween too, and 2018, and not so much. And this is what kind of annoyed me a little bit about Halloween Kills, and then really with Halloween Ends, is the idea is that this one evening, we all live... 365 yeah. days a year yeah. you know that one evening just a matter of hours yeah has changed the complete trajectory of her life yeah that is a fucking interesting story it is, it is. that's a really interesting story and they threw it away yeah they did for for me how i would have done this differently i wouldn't have done halloween ends at all no. I wouldn't have done it at all. So that's one of the ways I would have done it. I would have... Because Halloween Curls has a great alternative ending where Karen dies, Laurie calls Karen, and Michael Myers picks up the phone like he does in 1978. Yeah. She can hear his breathing. She knows he's killed her. And she fucking marches out of the hospital in slow motion to go and murder him. Yeah. So, fantastic. Mm. Now, imagine that with the final 20 minutes of this film taking place at the Myers house instead of Laurie's house and that's the ending. Yeah. That's it. That's the conclusion of Halloween. Mm. Laurie Strode goes to avenge her daughter's death, murders Michael Myers, fucking throws him in the whatever that is at the end. I've got the name for it in the notes. Uh, and that's it. He's dead. Yeah. Also, I would have just left it at Halloween 2018 and I think that would have been satisfying. Yes. The film ends, the three Strode women, they've came together, it was empowering, 
Michael Myers is fucking burning to death. There's no way he's going to get out of there. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You've concluded the Laurie Strode story. I it's genu- done. I genuinely, I completely agree. I think it could have just ended with 2018. If you absolutely, desperately had to have the Corey Cunningham character and you had to have this film, I wouldn't have made it a trilogy. I'd have made it a quadrilogy. And I would have had this film throw people off. You want, you clearly David Gordon Green wanted to do Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Mm. Where Michael Myers isn't in a film. If you want to be ballsy, and I think this film is very ballsy. I think it is a brave move putting it out there. Um, that has backfired in, in an expected way. I can't even say backfired. It went, he knew it was going to go this way. There's, there's no way he thought this was going to be a critical success. No. But if you're going to go full Halloween free season The Witch, don't have Michael Myers. Don't have Laurie Strode. Don't have it. Have this film entirely dedicated to Corey Cunningham and then put a cliffhanger on the end of it. Then give the actual Halloween ends. Because as much as I enjoyed this film, the one thing that annoyed me is this doesn't feel like a conclusion. The last 20 minutes do. The last 20 minutes and, you know, all of the Laurie Strode scenes feels like the conclusion, but everything else, which is a bigger part of the film, doesn't feel like a conclusion to a trilogy. And that is my biggest problem with it. Yeah, there's a disconnect between those three films. And... What and we might as well get it out there. Now we're in. Would well, you think now is the good time to bring in the quotes? Um, what was promised? Yes. Yeah, and then we can make this more fun by going yeah. through the film. <laughs> so the quotes. David Gordon Green on the eighth of November last year, twenty twenty one, said, "If Halloween Kills was an expansive horror tale, Halloween Ends is instead a much more intimate film. There's not a lot of games in it. There's not a lot of wittiness and retro joy." It's kind of a coming-of-age film, and it's a very different tone. And that's what excited me about it, is to have the three chapters that I've been involved in be very different from each other. They're all they're all there specifically to honour John Carpenter, but aren't necessarily, just, aren't necessarily just emulating him. I sent John Carpenter the new draft of Halloween Ends the other night, and I said, if it feels too much like Christine, let me know. For Halloween Ends, it's just a love of Carpenter, you know? It's more than just, hey, there's a character and uh, community that you've created. It's here's an appreciation of your legendary body of work, John Carpenter. That was his quote from November 2021. Yeah. This is his recent quote in response to the negative criticism. We had to decide how we wanted to wrap up these characters. How do we want to make it just a nice, neat bow on the franchise? Honestly, we never once considered making a Laurie and Michael movie. The concept that it should just be a final showdown type brawl movie never even crossed our minds. I wanted to see where it would go. I wanted one to win, one to die. But we were always more ambitious with that. So how did we want to go out? By doing what no one except us would do. Make a love story. It's our version of going out of a bang and opening our hearts to the community and these characters. Okay. He... I'll give him one thing delivered what he promised a year ago yeah and he's not going back on it no um which which is fine i mean we all make choices um but that was a choice yeah the idea that this is a love letter to john carpenter and that if it's emulating or or sort of bringing up the energy of any of his films it's christine that's fabulous wonderful Mm-hmm. Do a Christine remake. Yeah. Or, you know, make it another film. Another franchise. 
Because what you're doing here is taking, you know, it's the end of a trilogy, but it's also always going to be related to all those Halloween films that came before it. Yeah. You can turn around to people and say, well, forget about two, three, four, five, six. Forget about those. Mm. Well, I can't forget about those. I've watched those. Yeah. And your core audience, your horror film fans, have watched all of those films. Now they can pretend that they didn't happen. Yeah. You know, consciously and be like the plot wise. But in terms of what makes a Halloween film a Halloween film, 2018 got it perfect. It did. It was spot on. Yeah. Halloween Kills, you know, was just a connecting story. Yeah. You know, and then this one just goes so completely out there goes completely against what the Halloween franchise is or, or was that it makes no sense because mm -hmm. you can turn around and say this is a love letter to John Carpenter number one it's not the time nor the place fabulous as you know that is as an idea it's not the time nor the place secondly bitch why is your trailer like that then why is yes. your trailer promising a showdown between yeah. Laurie and Michael Myers. That is bizarre. Because if you didn't think... It, obviously, for that to be the trailer, that's what you think will get asses in Absolutely. Seats. I feel like he knew it wasn't going to make money, and I feel like that's why the marketing went the way it did. Um, the trailer very much just shows Laurie and Michael. Nothing else. Mm. All of the marketing for this film... Corey Cunningham is briefly in there, like a few lines of dialogue here and there. Yeah. But it's Laurie and Michael. Yeah. That's what you're offering people. But it's the age of the internet where words can get around fast, and that's why the money is dropping. Exactly. John Carpenter said, uh, Stephen King praised this um, for being character driven. John Carpenter also said, It was good. I enjoyed it. It's very different. I enjoyed the risk it took. Jamie Lee Curtis is just extraordinary in it. She is. She's just wonderful. I'm so proud of her. The movie's so different that we had to do everything differently. David Gordon Green challenged us on a couple of things, which was great. They gave us ultimate freedom on a couple of others, which is also great. We had a great time working with him. Uh, he's a do wonderful... you mean in terms of the soundtrack? Oh, wow. No, no, as a whole. Oh, as, as a producer a as well. Always. As a producer. Uh, he's a wonderful director. He knows what he wants. Not afraid to take chances. He really did a terrific job. Uh, this one's a totally different movie, very different. It was like a puzzle to figure out how to put it together, but he did it and he did it well. What did John Carpenter and Stephen King have in common? They both. They both created Christine. Christine. <laughs> they did. And so of course they enjoyed this. Yeah. It's Christine. <laughs> and this is ultimately what the problem is. If the film that delivered the love story, yeah, if that was five stars, and I don't think it's bad. I don't think no, this is a no. bad film. If that was five stars, and you're like, this is a masterpiece, you know, you've done, you've made a fantastic mm. film here. It still would make no, no fucking it's sense. True, it's true. You've just thrown it out there. And John Carpenter, by the way, whilst we're on the topic of John Carpenter, his score for all three of these films have been fucking phenomenal. So good. Like this one's most. This might be the best one. Like, he's mm. so good at it. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the greatest composers of all time when it comes to soundtracks, and he's still got it. Yeah, he, he's still very much got it. Um, 
So we're getting closer to the fun stuff, don't worry. But I just yeah. want to discuss some parallels <laughs> as well. Um, so Halloween 1978 and Halloween 2018. Michael Myers escapes whilst being transported. There's a character who knows he's pure evil. Michael goes on the killing spree, which includes a babysitter. Final showdown with Laurie Strode. Right? Yeah. Halloween 2, 1981. Halloween Kills, 2021. More brutal than the original. Michael Myers is on a killing spree with a bigger body count. Mostly takes place in hospital with Laurie Strode confined to a hospital bed. Yeah. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, 1982. And Halloween Ends, 2022. Features no Michael Myers, aside from the TV after the original um, in Halloween 3. Halloween Ends features very little Michael Myers. Yeah. Introduces a new story to the franchise with a male lead character and a love story. The opening titles, the font for each one, has also matched each of those original films. They're all released 40 years... 40 years? 40 years apart with the original 30 years with the other ones. Yeah. Isn't it? No, 40. It's 40. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've all been released 40 years apart from the counterparts. By design? Um, I feel like it is. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it is. In which case does that mean in 2028 we're going to get a Halloween 4 with a child in the lead? I suppose we could. Um... My see, my issue is, is that makes sense and logically, and they can turn around and say, "Well, Halloween three, season of the witch," you know, we're going for for that. And that that's fabulous. Mm. We all make choices. Yeah, that was the wrong choice. It's just bizarre. because you've stuck to it. Yeah, doesn't mean it was a good idea to begin with. It's not a good idea. There is no trilogy there. Mm. People fucking hated Season of the Witch when that's it came why, so, That's what I meant earlier when I said, did he even want to make money? Yeah. Why would you model your film over a f after a film that was a critical and box office failure? Yeah. You know, people enjoy it now, but, you know, should every film be appreciated 40 years after it comes out? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Do you think this will have the same appreciation 40 years later? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I genuinely, I don't think in, you know, nine, um, two whatever it is, fucking hell. My maths is off today. 2072. It's a very particular taste. You have to right. have to enjoy this film. Like, I mean, for me, it's like the 80s slasher films where 80% of the film is melodrama and then 20% of the film is grisly kills. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like one of those, you know, like Death Screams or uh, thinking of some other one. I'm just looking at the collection right now. Death Screams is definitely one of them. Um, Death Screams? God, do you remember all that one? Uh, and of course, you know, like, Blood Rage isn't too far from that either. There's a number of slasher films, you know, The Initiation, there are a number of slasher films in the 80s that are like that. And I feel like that's this is a good throwback to that. Even if David Gordon Green's saying he was trying to get away from retro. So I don't know how much of that's by design either. But let's talk about who's in it now. We talked about how yeah. it's Let's talk about who's yes. in it. Yes. Who was in it? Don't tell us. Oh, oh, hey, I know you, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, royalty on this podcast amongst the horror community. Just, just icon. Two women at that big thing. Oh, well, we yeah. <laughs> There's one side of the horror it's community. The, yeah, that we don't need to talk about that. No. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, 
as Laurie Strode, iconic actress playing an iconic character. Iconic I just I, I have too many too many nice things to say about Jamie Lee Curtis and Laurie Strode. Um, one of my favorite actresses, my favorite final girl, and I I I would do anything for Jamie Lee Curtis. What was she in? She was in True Lies. Trading Places, A Fish Called Wonder, Christmas of the Cranks, Terror Train, Prom Night, recently my new favourite film, Everything Ever All at Once, and many more, of course, including Halloween 1, 2, H2O, Resurrection, uh, 2018, and Halloween Kills. Yes. And she's fantastic here. She really is. She can't do no wrong. She's so good in this role. Yes. Yeah. She she is. She does... All that she can with what she has, yes, and yeah. she does it very well. She does, you know. Um, she can do wrong. It's called Christmas with the Cranks. Okay, but... doesn't mean she was bad in Christmas with the Cranks. It's just a bad film. <laughs> now that's the film they should have referenced in this one. Oh yeah, well, it's just an appreciation of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> and it's Hickory Honey Ham. Hickory Honey Ham. She was in a grocery in. store. She could have picked up some Hickory she Honey could Ham. Actually, should have. Um, yeah, her marketing for this film has been out of this world like she's even received an award from Universal for it she's been everywhere she's she even been on The Real Housewives may, and may I say this is the chicest episode you'll ever hear from us <laughs> um, yeah she was on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion episode she gave them all pumpkins <laughs> for Halloween which is fantastic she's been everywhere she's very yeah. charismatic she's been selling the fucking shit out of this film she really has. And do you know why? Because she's barely in the fucking thing. <laughs> Again, I feel like... She gets I... more screen time than Michael Myers. Yeah, but I feel like we've been missed old PPI. This isn't... She's going She's mismarketed it. And she's talking about the trauma, the trauma, the trauma, the trauma. She did it last year and she did it 2018. She's going about trauma. This is the conclusion. This is a great conclusion to Laurie's story. Blah, yada, yada, yada. She's the star of this film. She is the moment. She is the one who was going around selling Poster this girl. Film. She's the poster girl. Poster girl. More than anyone else. And then you watch it and you're like, this isn't Laurie's film. No. Why is Jamie Lee Curtis busting her ass telling everyone that this is you know, a real conclusion to Laurie's story when it isn't. Question. Because yeah. if people found, when people found out yeah. that they were missold PPI, they said, nah, fuck this shit. Do you think Jamie Lee Curtis watched the film before marketing it? Yes. Do you yes, really? I do. I do. And I, I think at the end of the day, she is a producer. I'm sure she has a stake in the gro the profits. I'm sure she, you know, will get some money from how well the film does. You know, so I think that it was a concerted effort for her to go around and sell the shit out of this film. Because they knew that what they had, I mean, with all due respect to the actor who plays Corey Cunningham, if he was the one going around telling everyone how fabulous Halloween Ends was, mm. people like, who the fuck is he? Yeah. Who is this man? Why is he selling this film? Yeah. When really he's the lead. He's he the, is. He is. He's yeah. by all accounts yeah, yeah. the lead in this film. It's his story. Yeah. And that's what's so frustrating. 
and I'll keep saying it during the podcast, you'll get fed up of it. And we'll be more positive when we go through the film itself. <laughs> I liked the film. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was a masterpiece. I think it was good. You know, in terms of Halloween films, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. It it, it makes us... What was the reason? Yeah. What's your favourite bit of Jamie Lee Curtis marketing? Oh, excuse me. Uh, my fa- It was... The- uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Was it kids. not? It has to be. So it wasn't on the streets of Ireland with a random old uh, woman called Margaret yeah. stood in front of a Halloween ends poster <laughs> yeah. and her forcing this poor woman to talk to a camera while she, she clearly just wanted to get about her day. She was so <laughs> adamant on marketing this film that she even set up a fucking TikTok. She literally, she's been everywhere. My favourite TikTok of hers is when she's just looking into the camera like, come get me, motherfucker. Come get me, motherfucker. She just keeps saying it in different ways. <laughs> doesn't even say it in the fucking film. <laughs> she doesn't, she? No, it's in oh, the trailer. Yeah. It's in the trailer. And also, I mean, Alison says it in Halloween Kills, which I thought was a nice little callback, mm. but she didn't say it in this film. <laughs> no. She doesn't have to say it. <laughs> I think she was on the roof of the Arndale today <laughs> selling T-shirts. I love her. She's so adorable. She um, is. She is. Love Jamie Lee Curtis. And, and a that's massive. So I need. We needed more of her energy in the film. Yeah, she's also a massive uh, LGBTQIA plus ally as yes, well. Absolutely. Um, the stuff she's been doing for the trans community is fantastic. We yes. love her. Rowan Campbell uh, plays a new character, Corey Cunningham, inspired by Arnie. What do you think Arnie's surname is? And Christine. Arnie. Arnie Cunningham and Christine. Uh, We were introduced to Corey in Halloween Ends. He's shown having a similar haircut to Arnie Cunningham, an identical blue button-up shirt and a pair of black glasses reminiscent of Arnie's in Christine. And he eventually loses at one point as well, like Arnie and Christine. So Rowan Campbell was in The Hardy Boys, Operation Christmas Drop, Virgin River, Supernatural, The Snowpiercer TV Show, Broken Diamonds and more. Um, Do you know what? He does a great job. Yeah, he's fine. He he's he's a good actor. He you know he makes the role believable. Um, I was nervous before watching it because one of his few things he gets in the trailer is this line where he says to to Laurie, he's like, "What will you do when Michael comes for you?" Because he's coming and it's so wooden. And I thought, "Oh shit, this guy's gonna be fucking unbearable." But no, he's he's they chose the worst part for him. He's actually really good. Yeah, he's just fine. Yeah, yeah, he does what he needs to do. Yeah. He does it in well. his lead role. In his lead role. Andy Matichak uh, returns as Alison. And she uh, was in Miles. A- Eval, Assimilate, Sun, Foxhole, 666 Park Avenue, Orange is the New Black, Underground, The Boonies and more. So Halloween 2018 was her first major role. Mm. And outside of the Halloween films, she's not really done anything major, which surprises me because she is such a good actress. But you think um, Halloween 2018 mm. was her first big role. She's a, she's a young you know, actress, young up-and-coming actress. Yeah. Did a good job in that, really good job. Yeah. Um, then I'm assuming filmed Halloween Kill was pretty much straight away afterwards. Yeah. And COVID hit. Suppose, you yeah. Know? So yeah. I, I hope there's a fruitful future mm-hmm. for her as an actress. Because yeah. I think she did... I think maybe what she needs is a big TV role. 
different. And, and, and Netflix. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's giving me. She's got that Gilmore Girl. She energy. has. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's she's so good though. I mean, she is she's a Gilmore Girl or a Gossip Girl yeah. energy. Considering she's such a new actress, and one thing I noticed when I was watching Halloween Kills again, she's fucking fantastic. In that one in particular, in Halloween mm. Kills, that felt like it was her film. She owned it. She was yeah. so fucking good. And I feel like if this was her story, Halloween Ends was her story as well, I think it would have made more sense. Mm. Um, and I think she could have carried the film. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think. And, and, I mean, and technically, this, this is her. She's more of a lead is, character than Laurie. Uh, yeah, this is kind of half her story. Yeah. But I think if she, I mean, let's be honest, her parents are dead. Mm. You know, that she's dealing with uh, more grief. Mm. Well, it, it depends how you look at things, but she's dealing with that kind of grief that Laurie dealt with. Yeah. After the events of nineteen seventy eight. You know, really, what happened in 1978 was just two of her friends. Yeah. You know, I know it's all relative, um, but she was orphaned by Michael Myers. Mm. That's never dealt with. No. Really. Just gets, I don't know. Yeah. Throwaway thing, you yeah. know, oh, when my parents died. You know, because mm. we've cut so far ahead as well. I don't think that helped. Either. No, no. James Jude Courtney returns as Michael Myers. Uh, he was in Soccer Dog, the movie. Oh, my favourite. The Grey in Between, The Killing Grounds, When a Man Loves a Woman, Philadelphia Experiment 2, Far and Away, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Nice. The Freeway Maniac, Babylon 5, and more. Um, great Michael Myers. He's creepy. He yeah. captures that Nick Castle sort of energy of slowing down and searching. And, and he actually turns him into a proper old man. Like, in this film, he is old man Myers. Um... He's very old we... man, <laughs> More to say about that later on. Um, Will Patton as Deputy Frank Hawkins. He's in The Good Wife, Armageddon 24. Uh, the Armageddon and 24, by the way. They sound like the same thing. The Armageddon Forever... 24 sounds great. <laughs> the Forever Purge, Gone in 60 Seconds, The Punisher, Remember the Titans, The Fourth Kind, The Equalizer, Minari, Desperately Seeking Susan, and more. Desperately seeking Susan. Nice. Yeah, I, I really like Will Patton. He's a great actor. Yeah. He's really likable. Should have had more screen time. He should have, actually. I, I mean, when I heard it was a love story, are you seeing? Yeah, Frank and Laurie. That was the love story. Yeah. I was like, oh, lovely. No. Or, you know, Ben Tramer. Ben Tramer. Uh, and finally, speaking of not enough screen time, Kyle Richards. Not even close. The real housewife of Beverly Hills herself as Lindsay Wallace, star of The Watcher in the Woods, The Car, Eating Alive, Curfew, The Housewives of the North Pole, Days of Our Lives, Fantasy Island, ER, Pledge This, and many more. Um, in December 2021, it was revealed that she would be reprising her role for the film. We were very excited. Uh, initially, the character was not expected to return for this film, but... Because of the positive reception to her performance in Halloween Kills, the script was rewritten to give her an expanded role. What fucking expanded role expanded is that? Expanded role. If anybody needed to die in this film, <laughs> it was Lindsay. <laughs> well, it should, because well, yeah. there's that... At the end of the day, no one who dies in this film has any connection to Laurie. No. There's no sort of human relationship there. No. Now, her and Laurie are best friends in this film. Best friends. Yeah. 
you know, but she still gets like no screen time. And we'll tell you what screen time she does get because it is slightly iconic. It is very iconic. And it's a very it's a very difficult thing um, when you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills um, every week and then you don't stan Carl Richards <laughs> in the Real Housewives. I, I'm kind of more on Carl Richards' side after that reunion. <laughs> Yeah, I, feel, oh, I did feel sorry for her. I did in between feel sorry for the two her. fucking yeah. absolute nightmares that were Lisa Rinna and her fucking sister. Yeah. Um, and, and Erica. Yeah, but I would have liked to have had a moment in Halloween Ends where, you know, what's her name? Lindsay had Laurie's back like a real sister. <laughs> hey, she, she gave her some exposition. But... Yeah, yeah get we'll, get, we'll get to her two it, slightly iconic scenes. It is now time for our feature presentation. It's Halloween. We're going to have a good time tonight. The boogeyman is coming. He's going to get you. 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 He's going to get Start with Willie the Kid introducing his radio show WURG 94.9 and he plays Midnight Monsters Hot by Jack and Jim during the opening logos, which includes the new Blumhouse logo. Yes. Michael um, Myers on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. other Blumhouse icons. Yeah. Blumhouse icons. Um, yeah, DJ Willie the Kid. Um, apparently the most popular radio station in Haddonfield. Character in Halloween Kills. Yes. Is, yeah. Yeah. They they they've took some loose ends from Halloween Kills yeah. in this one. You know, love it. Very niche music. <laughs> it's very Again, niche. There's a lot to say about the Con soundtrack. Considering it's the hottest radio station in Haddonfield, it's a little behind the times. There's there's also some daytime radio shows um, where he's like, oh yeah, the Michael Myers came back. What a Fucking weirdo you yeah, are. Yeah. You fucking pissed everyone else. Are you allowed to say that in the daytime on the radio? Um, he won't play anything for midnight. So no. In Haddonfield, Illinois, on Halloween night in 2019, 21-year-old Corey Cunningham is, is babysitting a young boy named Jeremy. Jeremy is introduced via a jump scare whilst wearing a werewolf mask, and immediately we know he's a little piece of shit. Yes. Yeah, absolute bellend. Um, but bit of a red herring here. A little bit. A bit of a red herring because Jeremy's Jeremy's mum, who's an absolute queen, by the way. Um, is it a flapper outfit she's wearing? Is that what you'd call it? Yes, flapper, yeah. She yeah. looks iconic. She looks like a real housewife, which comes in handy later on. Um, and his his dad looks like uh, David Swimmer as well. Right. Okay. Um. Oh, what's the other one? Who? Oh, David Duchovny. Like, it's somewhere in between the two it's of them. A it's, yeah, it's somewhere in between the two. And, uh, yeah, but both so, were like, too expensive. Late nineties heartthrobs. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, she tells Corey that Jeremy has been hearing voices. Sound familiar to Halloween Six? Anyone? Uh, he's scared of the dark and he's been wet in the bed since Michael Myers news headlines uh, last year. You, at that point, I was kind of like, I knew the film was going to be different when we first watched it. I was like. 
Is this going to be a Halloween 6 ripoff? Is this kid going to have telekinetic communications with Michael Myers? Yeah, it was a weird one because from that conversation, you assume that the kid's going to be a, a, a little wimpy, to be fair. Yeah. To, a little wimpy. Um, but he's not. He's, he's not. He's a grade a, a bellend. Um, this house is fucking huge. Oh my god, so big. Are we under the impression that Haddonfield is an affluent area? Because you kind of have people... I don't know how big Haddonfield is. In terms... I thought it was like a town. Well, we always say this about American films in general. Yeah, like, it's confusing. Why are your houses as big as our fucking shopping centres over here? Yeah. Like, this house yeah. is... is Bigger than the twelve-story building I work in. Like I, I swear to you, this is ridiculous. But it's, it's, huge. <laughs> it's even huge by the other standards. So in the original film, the the Myers house yeah. is it's a nice house. It's a good size. It's not huge. No. But in this film, Jeremy's parents' house mm. is fucking massive. It's like something from The Real Housewives. It is. It's huge. So I, I question, is Haddonfield an affluent area? Mm. You'd think the history of Haddonfield would maybe stop it from being an affluent Well, yeah, area. you'd think so. But also, like, how big is it? Is it a real place? Is, is it a city? Because you get kind of people... You kind of get the same scene, uh, the same settings over and over. Mm. But then people talk to each other like they haven't seen them in years it's true it's true it's like <laughs> how did how did laurie not see frank hawkins in four years that's yeah. what i want like, like jeremy's dad <laughs> like the first time she'd ever there's someone up uh, later on a little spoiler <laughs> but uh, she speaks to jeremy's dad and it's like um have they never met before in the I don't know. years yeah and no one ever moves away from Haddonfield. They never do. No one ever Someone moves. breaks that at the end of this film, but that's yeah. a first. Jeremy and Corey watch John Carpenter's The Thing, a nice little nod to the original, when uh, Lindsay and uh, Annie were watching The Thing from Another World. Yeah, and such a love letter to John Carpenter. It is, it is. Such a love letter. Uh, and Jeremy informs him that Michael Myers kills babysitters, not kids, and then refers to Corey as an ugly-ass boy babysitter. Yeah, um, I think that's a bit harsh. Honestly, why don't you just bring Julian back? He was like one of the best characters it's in the true. franchise. Well, we've got this little shit on screen. This is the first of two times that poor Corey's been referred to as ugly. Um, <laughs> it's a bit harsh. Um, yeah, absolutely. Jeremy is a twat. <laughs> he really is horrible. He won't go to bed. He wants to stay up to watch the thing. And what transpires is that Jeremy decides to pull a prank on Corey. Yes. Which ends up with Corey being locked inside the attic. Yeah. Uh, and just as Jeremy's parents are coming home, Corey kicks the door open and accidentally knocks Jeremy <laughs> over a staircase railing to his death. To his very graphic yes. death. This is such a fantastic opening sequence. I mean... The suspense when, because when he starts playing the prank on him, he knocks a lamp over, he leaves doors open, he starts calling for help, he leaves a bread knife on the stairs, and you actually think, shit, Michael Myers has come back. Yeah. He's, he's come back, he's got this fucking kid, oh my god, he's going to murder him. And he, you really think it's going that way. It's one thing that's never happened in Halloween, as far as I can recall, a lot of shit happens in these films, but he's never killed a child. 
He didn't in the original. He killed a child as a child in Rob Zombie's Halloween. That doesn't count. <laughs> that really doesn't count. But you know... No, he... Halloween 2018. He strangles a kid in the car. Oh, yeah, that was a it kid, does. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was a with, child. With an adult voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's jarring. It's still jarring. Like this but is the opening the baby, sequence. Though, didn't he? he didn't kill the baby. Yeah, this is the opening sequence of the film, and you kind of know where it's going when they walk through the door, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill you, Jeremy." Yeah. And they hear that, so it's like, "Oh, okay, this is gonna look bad on him." Yeah. But you don't expect to see the kid fall into his fucking death, and like yeah. you see his back snap, and he's there covered in blood. It's fucking graphic. Yeah. It's the Corey's accused of intentionally killing Jeremy. But it's cleared of man. Yes. Person. We get the opening credits, which are amazing. Yeah. With various pumpkins from the franchise smashing into each other. The Halloween free font and the score from John Carpenter. Amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Quintessential Halloween yeah. after something that... A little perplexing. Could have been in any other film. Yeah. And that that's the thing. And it it's good. And it's a nice little gotcha yeah moment and it does lead on to the rest of the film but the first time watching it in the cinema i was like what the fuck was that about mm. what was that you know i was waiting for michael myers yeah. to kill someone yeah you know and watching it the second time and knowing i appreciate the scene yeah. more yeah because i'm like oh okay that was well set up you know jeremy got what he deserved let's be fair <laughs> uh, he did. He did. I know. Usually in films, we're like, "Oh no, you can't kill the kids." I was like, "Jeremy, better fucking get it first. And he did. Yeah. Three years later, the town of Haddonfield is still reeling from the aftermath of Michael Myers' latest killing spree in 2018, whilst Michael has vanished. Laurie Schrode goes for Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, Michael. He's he's vanished. Do you think? I mean, it's not a great idea, but do you think he's living with some homeless now? You mean like in Halloween 5? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Laurie gives us a previously on Halloween montage. And then I thought to myself, will Halloween end or will Halloween end me? <laughs> um, she's writing her memoir called Stalkers, Saviors and Sam Hain. Um, having brought a new house and living with Alison, her granddaughter, who is now a nurse. We get a montage of events, don't we? Yeah, I, I I loved the narration when she says, and then he escaped. <laughs> Impossible, perhaps. perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> it wow. is for Carrie Bradshaw. It is that... for Carrie Bradshaw. And Jamie Lee Curtis has been posting the meme of her as well, comparing to Carrie Bradshaw. She's fully on board with it. She was watching Sex and City at this time. She has to have been. We get and a month. She's like... <laughs> After Michael stabbed me, I, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I wondered, will I ever stab him? I was going to make a strap-on <laughs> Did I enjoy being penetrated? Stop, Gary. Stop, Gary. Gary, your name is Gary. Um, you get a montage of events, um, some of which are certainly not funny, um, because we see Corey being taken away in a police car, a couple who have been shot in a car and Oscar, who was in the devil costume in the first film and got impaled on a gate. Um, some of you may remember his mum from Halloween Kills has hung herself outside of her house 
in his Halloween costume that he died in. It's like, oh my god. Yes. But I needed you to point that out to me. Yes. That is a frustrating part. If of I the didn't film. watch Halloween Kills again, prior to watching yeah. it, I never would have. I didn't know when we first watched no. it. Um, but the idea, and, and the, the whole idea of this film as a whole, is the evil that Michael Myers brought to Haddonfield has spread amongst Haddonfield. Yeah. Now, that was obviously built up massively within the mob mentality in Halloween Kills. We've seen it in, in other entries of the franchise. And the idea of the evil being passed on to Corey isn't a terrible idea because, you know, the whole thing's about grief and trauma and being passed around to people. It's just very literal in this. Which is fine. You know, it, it's gotten way more far-fetched in other Halloween has, films. You know, it's not all based in, you know, real life or there's no rules really to it. So it's a really interesting concept. It, it is. Just wrong place for it. Yeah. You know? Laurie does some knitting, uh, gives Alison her parents wedding rings on a necklace and burns a pumpkin pie that she had in the oven. A new Halloween tradition. Yeah. There are other Halloween traditions as well. Uh, like constantly being attacked around the Halloween <laughs> areas. Um, it only happened twice. People dying around <laughs> Halloween. People committing suicide around Halloween. Maybe Haddonfield, and particularly Laurie Strode, <laughs> shouldn't have any Halloween traditions. I'm torn on because this. Because it all goes passion. Has she ever had one Halloween tradition go well? Because even the fucking pumpkin pie <laughs> ended up burnt to a fucking crisp. I am so torn on this because I love seeing the character of Laurie happy and... Living a best life. But at the same time, part of me is like, okay, hang on. This is just four years after her daughter died. Like, why is she so happy? But it, but the thing is, you know, it is four years. And it's, it's cut. And maybe you watching Halloween Killed yeah. right before watching Halloween Ends, maybe you're thinking, oh, you know, she got over that quick. But, I, but then it took her 40 years to get over what initially happened with her friends. This is her daughter yeah. that was killed. I kind of yeah. feel like... She should have been in the same place she was in 2018, like ready to fucking hunt Michael down, trying to find him. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And, and even more so with Alison as well. But at the same time, I did, these scenes were, they were fun to watch. It was nice to see her do something a little different in the role. Yeah. Um, but I just really like Jamie Fitz. Yeah, I, I don't get the jump forward four years. Huh. I, I do wish they were a little closer together. Yeah. Because you kind of have one. 2018, the next night, essentially. Yeah. Same night, then, same, same night. Halloween night. Kills. Yeah, yeah, same same night. night. And then you're four years mm -hmm. ahead. Four years in terms of, because we've dedicated four hours, essentially, to that one evening. Mm. We've jumped ahead four years. Yeah. So it, I, I kind of wish that it dealt with more of the after effects yeah. of that yeah because the original halloween was you know basically two days what two days mm -hmm. one day two days one day one day really yeah so it, it just felt a bit weird to jump forward so it far cory is working at a stepfather ronald's salvage yard maybe i hated this film <laughs> 
it's it's I, it, I only it, have criticism. It is ridiculous and and massively dumb in places. But I I don't know. It's just something so enjoyable about it for me. The more I'm like sat here, like I was gonna say, well, now we're gonna get to the fun part. Well, we're getting <laughs> there. We're like, getting there. Oh, like shit. Corey Corey's working at Ronald Savage out of stepfather and is given a new motorbike, much like Christine. Um, Officer Doug is a character. Yes. Um, who looks like Charles Cyphers, in turn, looks like Paul Lynn. Yes. Pulls Alison over on her way to work. Like, oh, well, I'm arresting you for being too beautiful, Alison. Oh. Um, what the fuck is this? <laughs> he is at least double her age. It's a, it's a, he's, I mean, I know a lot of people died in Halloween Kills, but... The dating pool can't be that <laughs> shallow. I mean, there was a gap between um, Karen and Ray, so maybe it's yeah, inherited. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's that kind of um, thing. She's uh, Alison has terrible taste in men. She has fucking he's he's awful, a dickhead, and that, that's no disrespect to the actor. Um, but oh, that's it, good. It, it is a, a weird job. sort of age gap. Yeah. There that, uh, yeah. He's just he's just informed that a muffler's about to fall off. What the fuck is a muffler? Muffler. A muffler. Oh, okay. muffler. It's oh, something to do with the exhaust, I think. Uh, and then we get a dramatic zoom in. Which on... makes it even, <laughs> even dirtier. We get a dramatic zoom in on a sewer pipe next to a homeless man. <gasps> what could be down there? What could be down there? On Corey's way home from work, he's taunted by high school bullies, Terry, Stacy, Margot and Billy. Uh, Billy has a terrible mullet. Let's get that out of the way now. And he always carries drumsticks around with him. And wears a Blackpool Market fleece. He does. Um, Terry's like, oh mate, get some cigs, will ya? He's, he's, he's very much one of those in the UK. No, the Br- British people will get it. If, if you oh, get a bottle of WKD, if you, please, you walk in near a shop and you see some kids in hoods and they're like, oh, mate, get some get some fags, will you? Uh, can I bottle white lightning, please? He's very much one of those. I always look too young when I, you know. Lucky you, I've been asked far too I've many never times. been asked. And it's always awkward when you say no. Like it is in this film when uh, Corey says no. Um I I'd probably just buy it the age gap is bottle of Smirnoff ice. <laughs> yeah, no, there's never anything in it for you. You're just getting underage kids stuff. Um, I'm not charge them for it. That <laughs> doesn't out of context. That, that sounds awful. Sound right. Anyway, um, yeah, the age gap because they all look relatively young, apart from Billy, who looks like he's fifties. It's weird. It's a weird image seeing them asking him to get them booze. Uh, they're senior year, so they're like seventeen, and Corey's obviously twenty-four. But they all look around the same age. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a weird because twenty-one is the drinking age in America. But we yeah, it's different here. It is strange. What I thought was really strange is that these bullies yeah appear to be members of the school marching band. That is so strange. So strange because if, Band geeks bullying stuff. If American <laughs> pop culture has taught me anything, <laughs> it's the fact that they should be nerds because they're part of the marching band. I mean, I'm all for it. I kind of love know, it. It, it. It changed the narrative. It, it, it adds to how camp the film is when you see these fucking band geeks constantly bullying this guy. Yeah. It's so abs- out of place. Absolutely. But, I mean, every other film I've ever watched with featuring, you know, band members... Well, no, what band name? But school. What the fuck are they called? Band geeks. Marching That's band. That's what they're, they're known as. Yeah, they've all been. You know, what's the name from uh, American, American Pie? Pie. <laughs> so um, I think it's nice. They start calling him a pedo creep. 
Okay, could you murder a child and make you a paedophile? But okay, uh, and he smashes a bottle of milk in his hand, which injures him, so, which makes him injure himself in the process. Um, have you ever been so mad at someone that you smashed a bottle in your hand? I no. Do you think Paul Verhoeven did this with uh, oh, Michael Douglas? Don't. Yeah, we bring that up a lot in this. Yeah, no, apparently he just had a giant nosebleed. <laughs> Because he was so angry. Uh, Queen herself, Laurie Strode is nearby and tells the bullies to fuck off. Oi, you. Pack it in. Yeah, pack it in, you pair. It's like, uh, she gives him a pocket knife and is like, do you want to do it or shall I? And they slash their tyres and she takes him to the doctor's office where Alison works. Alison's talking to Nurse Deb. <laughs> Nurse Deb, she's a character. Nurse Deb is a character. I, I don't know if I love or hate Nurse Deb. I mean, she's a bitch. She's fucking awful. But I kind of wanted to see more of her. <laughs> Yeah, Nurse Deb is one of those people that kind of just talks for the sake <laughs> of it. She does. And is completely oblivious to whether everyone, anyone's really listening or not. Yeah, she's trying to make uh, Alison dress up in a cat costume for Halloween. And she says, I say, if it's not sexy, it's not Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Sound advice from Nurse Deb there. Yeah, um, she definitely sexes it up throughout the film. She does. Promotion. She, well, yeah. She's a woman who... Fucking her way to the top. Yeah, what she needs to do to get ahead. Alison spots Corey. And again, this is going to make me sound like I'm just making fun of the film. I, let me reassure you again. I do love this film. It is. I think it's a great film. But she spots him. And it must be set in the 1950s because she immediately falls in love with him. Yeah. <laughs> like, they lock eyes and that is it. There's no going back. She, she, she wants to marry him. She wants to have his babies. She is... You know, the bad boys, they always catch her eye. Well, the problem is you have to have it a fast relationship. You do. Because you haven't established it during the last two fucking films. And also, they're forced to have to have a Laurie Michael showdown at the end because that's why people bought tickets to the film. Yeah. Um, so you got to make it fast. It's, it's disappointing though because I... Yeah really like the Alison character you know I think she had the potential to be the next Laurie Strode who knows we're gonna get another film she probably will be um but they, they always give her the worst fucking boyfriends in these fucking films and that's what it becomes it doesn't become Alison the survivor who's lost her parents it's Alison she got a bad taste in men yeah she desperately tries to convince him to go to the Halloween party with her and he's a little dismissive I'm like okay hun you're, you're punching. You should probably take up that offer. Um, <laughs> Lindsay is back. Yeah, so we see Lindsay. <laughs> now, I'm assuming that... See, the thing is, um, Carl Richards was a standout, I thought, in Halloween Kills. Oh, yeah, I, I was shocked. She wasn't I was killed. Shocked. They weren't going to bring her back because they were too invested in this weird um romance part of the film so they brought her back and for some reason decided to make her one character trait tarot <laughs> Carly, you boys have all the fun do you remember that in halloween kills i do um yeah so she's not letting the girls have all the fun in this film she's here with her tarot cards i'm assuming <laughs> carl richard's didn't want to do any stunt work. <laughs> she because, couldn't afford a new nose. <laughs> because she broke her nose during Halloween Kills. 
I also think that she's just thrown in there. I, I genuinely <laughs> she feel she's just thrown in there. An expensive, expanded role. In, 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 it's not an expanded role because she doesn't get any sort of chase scene. No. She doesn't get, you know, any sort of action. She doesn't get any really interesting things to do apart from tarot reading. <laughs> Where has this come from? It's just... <laughs> What Lindsay? What have you been up to uh, in the last four years? Um, tarot. Tarot. <laughs> so she does the old tarot reading with Alison, <laughs> and Alison pulls because this is a horror film. The death card. Yeah. Now, anyone who knows about tarot knows that death actually isn't what you think it is. Mm. Um, it's uh, it's actually a good thing, and it means the ending of. One chapter, uh, and assuming a new beginning. So the ending of dating Paul Lind and the start of dating Corey Cunningham. Yeah, or the end of Kyle the and Halloween franchise. <laughs> or the end of Kyle and Kathy's relationship as sisters. Um, yes. That's, that's what it's really there for. Laurie carves a pumpkin. Um, the, the three of them have a gossip about Corey and how Laurie was trying to play Cupid to set him up. I shit you not, in a bizarre series of events, Laurie Strode, out of nowhere, she's fucking pulling the brains out of this pumpkin, and she says, while staring at the camera, you want to find someone who makes you want to rip your top off, show grief your fucking tits, and say, you know what, let's go, and then slams the pumpkin on the fucking table. I was floored by this at the cinema. Cinematic genius, and I don't think I'll ever be the same ever again. <laughs> I, it made me want to rip my top off and show grief in my fucking tits and say, you know what, let's go. Yes. It is camp with a capital C. It's camp. It's so out of place. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, it's funny. It's meant to be funny, obviously. But it's so far removed from the Laurie Strode that we knew. Yeah. And it's a good thing. I mean, it's growth as a character, which is wonderful. Yeah. But it's few and far between. It is, yeah. Which is why I would have preferred this film to be about the Laurie character. Yeah. About her showing grief her tears. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, and what does that mean? Who Who is she? Mm. After everything that's happened to her. You know, why is she still able to carve a pumpkin on Halloween mm. after everything awful that's ever happened to her in her life yeah. has happened at Halloween? Sure. You know, if anyone deserves to switch the lights off and pretend they're not in, yeah, something I've maybe been guilty of doing in the past... <laughs> Because she doesn't want to hand out any fucking trick or treats. That's not a Halloween it's... spirit for this podcast. It's, it's a horror podcast. So, I switch the lights off. I pretend I'm not in. And <laughs> no one knocks. We're on a first floor flight. We're anyway, a first okay. flight. Yeah, no one's been doing it here anyway. If they knock on a window, that's fucking weird. And yet, and yet we've still filled a glass pumpkin well, with chocolate. Wonder who that's going to be for. But... This, this this series of events is, is fucking so camp. It I, is. I absolutely it is. loved it, it. And it then, this is where the real fun begins. Do you know, because can I just ask a question? Yeah. Sorry, just to go back slightly. Could you imagine watching um, Halloween Kills? Yeah. 
and Halloween ends, not knowing Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. No. And not realising how camp Carl Richards just being in the film is. <laughs> it's true. It definitely adds. Could you imagine? It definitely like, adds something. Carl, imagine Carl Richards. <laughs> you're watching the film. And, oh, Carl Richards. Oh, that's cool. She was in the, that's uh, why, in the original. That's why everyone <laughs> That's why everyone uh, didn't get Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. They just haven't watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. Could that's you the imagine way to fix it. Seeing the Lisa Renner Eminem and not knowing <laughs> the history behind Lisa Renner. <laughs> well, we end this camp series of events and go straight on to another one. This is where the film picks up and the melodrama kicks in. Because this film is many things and melodramatic is one of them. Um, Corey's having dinner with Ronald and his mother Joan. I hope that's a Joan Crawford reference with how she's acting. I really... Hope that is a Joan Crawford reference. Um, With the I, over-the-top I, pantomime performance of the game. Yeah. She is it's in giving a... Giving Mummy Dearest. She's in a different film. She is in a, she is she's in in a, a different, different film. film. She, she, she doesn't know the, where she is. The actress who plays uh, Curry's mother, uh, she is acting like she's in a pantomime. Well, she's... I think she was told, oh, you're going to be in a Jamie Lee Curtis sequel. Yeah. And she thought it was Christmas with the Cranks. She thought it was Christmas with the Cranks. Part two. <laughs> um, I, I am being massively unprofessional right now. And I am going to get her name because I think she really deserves... I think she's fantastic. She's clearly a comedian. She must be. She must be. She, I think she, I think be. she does stand-up. Um, she has her own comedy special, so that yeah. explains it. Um, her name is Joanne Barron. Uh, and even her IMDb picture stuff. Um, she also is given real proper Barbara Streisand. She is energy. absolutely given Barbara Streisand, and a little bit of Patti LuPone yeah. as well, which is so, camp in itself. Yeah. Um, she, Corey's texting Alison under the table. They're having dinner, and she says, "Who's that calling under the dinner table? Who is that person you're texting? Boys who keep secrets don't get custard for dessert." <laughs> <laughs> Boys. Two iconic lines of dialogue, scene to scene, back to back. Boys who keep secrets don't get custard for dessert. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, and, and, and again, it's... Is she giving Norma Bates? Is she She is giving be... Norma Bates. This is the thing. This is, he's got a weird relationship with his family. Yeah. He's bullied. He's had something traumatic happen to him. You know, and he ends up being a killer by the end. Yeah. That's interesting. Tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. But then you get this, you know, psychic connection or whatever with Michael Myers that's referenced and like, can evil be transferred and that. And it doesn't really deal with either side of that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if, you know, it is a tale as old as time, Corey Cunningham, overbearing mother... He, um, you know, he's weird. He's had something traumatic yeah. happen to him, you know, and he ends up killing people. Everyone he kills, and this is a little bit of a bugbear for me with the film, is that everyone he kills is in, as an act of revenge. Yeah. It's people who have wronged him, yeah. including his mother. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. That's mm. That's interesting. We have seen it. We've seen it a lot. We, we have. have. Yeah. Let's be honest. 
but it is interesting. And if that was the whole film, we'd be like, yeah, lovely, you know, people will go nuts for it on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. It'll be the film of that fortnight. Mm. But you have this Michael Myers aspect to it that happens later that renders that kind of confusing mm -hmm. and doesn't really make any sense. Really. Yeah. Because everyone he ends up killing because of his overbearing mother or not mm -hmm. is people that he's seeking revenge on in yeah. some aspect. Yeah. True. Which again goes against the ideas that were brought up in the original Halloween in 2018 mm -hmm. and Halloween Kills is the idea that he is pure, e that Michael Myers mm. is pure evil yeah. and kills on a whim. Yeah. And you just happen to be the unlucky person yeah. that he kills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it goes against that. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes for campus tit scenes like this, does. but doesn't make too much sense overall. Yeah. Uh, Alison takes a car to Corey's workplace and has a sit down on his bike uh, whilst he shows her how to ride it. And she's <laughs> excuse me. She's like, "Oh, I didn't want you to fix my car. I'm just here to see you." And it's it's giving James Hurley vibes. It's it's James Hurley. Twin Peaks. It absolutely. Anyone on a bike, you just go to James Hurley. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, elsewhere in a supermarket, an instrumental elevator music version of "Don't Fear the Reaper" plays. Uh, whilst Officer Frank Hawkins and Laurie have a flirt. They do. He tells her all about how he's been fiddling with a guitar and uh, he's been learning Japanese. He's going to fly over to Japan for the cherry blossoms. And they tell each other that they like each other's faces. Absolutely adorable scene. And I wanted more of this. Yeah, she throws... A, uh, she said, have you ever heard of a vegetable? Yes. Yeah. He's buying from the butchers. And... Instead of throwing a vegetable at him, she throws a tin of beans or something. <laughs> tin of beans. I suppose it still counts, but it's still... It's not like throwing an avocado in his direction, is it? But it's... Oh, it's so nice to see. It is. And this is what I wanted. This this is what I wanted in the film. Laurie's story. We're invested. Yeah. This is the story I'm invested in. I want to see this. And it continues to get interesting when she goes outside and she's victim-shamed. Um, yes. by Sandra's sister. Now, you might remember Sandra as working in the graveyard in 2018 and being stabbed in the throat by a giant fucking light bulb in Halloween Kills. Yes. Her husband and her live next door to Laurie Strode. Yes. So Sandra's sister blames her for what happened to her sister and for bringing Michael Myers to Haddonfield. Um... Very interesting. Very, really interesting. Really because interesting. It's true. I mean, it well, is. it's not true because obviously we've seen Halloween 2018. We know the doctor brought him to Haddonfield. And, but it's made to look like it was Laurie. But, because she's that original up, victim. Exactly. But she dedicated her life to, to, get to Michael yeah. Myers. If she was just like, do you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go live in the south of France mm. with Tina Turner. Yeah. You know, if she was just going to say that and she was done with it, then the deranged doctor wouldn't have been able to have done that. Mm. It never, And so essentially it is her fault yeah. for being so 
involved mm. over the 40 years yeah. and not been able to get over it. Mm. Now, you know, we're not shaming her for that, but Sandra's sister kind of has a point. Yeah. You know, and if Laurie had acted differently, then her daughter would have been alive. Yeah. Um, Sandra's sister wouldn't be in a wheelchair. Mm. She'd be able to speak. And also, it, it brings up the question of, of victim guilt. Mm. The guilt of Laurie is able to go shopping yeah. by herself. She's, you know, leaving, smiling, having mm. a good old flirt. What does Sandra have? Yeah. Yeah. Sandra was also in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Also, kind of Sandra and her husband's fault, not going to lie. Because if uh, they, as Laura suggests in Helen Kills, let it burn... Then Michael Myers one of got out of there, and they live the, next door, yeah, so they must have been the ones who called the, the ones called the fire department. So it's, yeah, <laughs> that is really interesting. It is. It is, and it gets what thirty seconds of yeah. the film. Yeah, she's victim shamed again later on, but there's so much going on within that scene. That's the least interesting part. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Corey and Alison attend a Halloween party at a bar in a bizarre series of events. Corey is flashed by Nick Castle, who says, see anything you like. Yeah. Deb... Can't get your ghost, Corey. <laughs> Deb tells Lindsay, uh, who's a barmaid now, at the bar from Halloween Kills. She was the barmaid, though, Was she in the first she place? In Halloween Kills. No, yeah. she was just there on a drink with her friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought she was... Um, uh, yeah, so she tells Lindsay that Corey killed a kid, but Alison doesn't care. And Lindsay's like, Alison, you could be with whoever you want to be with. Alison says, and I want to be with him. <laughs> Did you notice how, um, Lindsay was dressed? Like a fucking queen. Like a fortune teller. She was, yeah. And what was she doing at the bar? <laughs> Dishing out some tarot cards. Um... Bizarre series of events. Two kids, 24 years old, have a dance, a very energetic dance, uh, to Halloween by Dead Kennedys. The 24-year-olds listen to Dead Kennedys. Um, in Halloween Ends, people don't listen to any song after 20... That's true. I mean, it is what like Willie the Kid... It, it is what Willie the Kid's dishing out, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Corey... Does some weird Crispin Glover style dance on the floor, and it is fucking entertaining. He lies watch. on the floor. It, I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> it is. It is a. It, it kind of reminded me of a more energetic version of the Night of the Demons dance scene, specifically from Allison. She was giving me uh, Angela from Night of the Demon. Yeah. But like, if we were watching it on double speed. Yes. <laughs> I also maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Haddonfield, but I'd like to see like a, a map of Haddonfield. Is, is this the only bar? It's the only bar we see, isn't it? Because it's big enough for people not to see each other for four years, <laughs> but small enough to only have one bar. <laughs> and this is the only place to go to for a Halloween night out, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, in an iconic series of events, is confronted by Jeremy's mother, who is wearing the same costume she same is. flapper costume from the night when her son died uh she she proper starts on him she's given it large um again you know why is he allowed even though it wasn't his fault yeah. technically you know it was a tragic accident um 
mean, technically he shouldn't have allowed him to stay up watching the thing. I mean, but you know, yeah. I digress. Um, again, he's is he never allowed to have fun ever again? Mm. Because Jeremy's mother isn't allowing herself to ever have fun again. No. So why isn't Jeremy suffering as well? Yeah. You it's know, true. again, true. you know, another interesting thing. Um, completely overshadowed by her having a right fucking go at him. And she is messy drunk. She is messy drunk. And Lindsay <laughs> appears out of nowhere. Appears out of nowhere. <laughs> holding her back. I mean, shot for shot. Yeah. Taylor Armstrong's meltdown. <laughs> That became the the cat meme, the the cat meme where she's yelling at a cat. <laughs> Iconic behaviour. I laughed so hard at this in the cinema. I, this was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So funny, and we must have been in a room full of straight people because they did not <laughs> get it. We were... Your face when it happened. So, oh my God. so funny. It, it was kind of like when you saw the twist in Malignant. You looked just as shocked as that. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Yeah. It, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Iconic. Iconic recreation of the Taylor Armstrong meltdown. Um, yeah. And we still haven't even got to Carl Richards' best scene yet. Um, <laughs> Corey then leaves the party. And Alison tries getting him to come back. She needs to stop picking it with he throws it in her face that she's the hero who survived Michael Myers, but he's the psycho kid-killing babysitter, and then storms off. Yes. Um, he runs into the marching band bullies. <laughs> they argue. He pulls out a, a knife. The one that Laurie gave him. The one that Laurie gave him. Oh, did she not take that back? No. Mm. no. Got knives to spare, apparently. <laughs> And uh, Corey gets, eventually gets thrown over the bridge. He does. He's dragged into the sewers and confronted by, 40 minutes into the film, Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Yeah. Who eventually lets him go after a, that's so Raven. Okay. Yeah. This moment. is absolutely a Raven Simone style flashback. Raven Simone. He, he holds him by the throat. Um, also, Michael Myers looks so creepy in this sewer. It looks really great. A really great setup. But he gazes into the future. Um, and he thinks life could be a breeze. But he gazes into the past. He gazes into the past. He gazes when into life the past. was not a breeze. When life was not a breeze. He, and he sees him trouble uh, from a distance. He, he does. He sees the Jeremy sequence. He yeah, sees he Jeremy does. going over the banister. Um, fucking insane i i said to chris when we first watched this that i thought this was uh jeremy and uh, jeremy he's dead uh, i thought it was Corey having some sort of flashback as he yeah. looks at michael myers no no no, no, no. I, I fully believe now this is intended that michael myers is, is gazing into the past uh through through his eyes like that's so raven yeah and seeing the trauma and knowing that the trauma makes it easier for mm. him to he sees himself sees himself yeah. but also to push that evil energy into Corey. Yeah. So I this is how I see it is that the idea is that Michael Myers like like was mentioned gains from killing people. 
he mm-hmm. becomes more powerful the more he kills and the more he hurts people. Yeah. Which is why he was able to survive the ending of Halloween Ends. Yeah. Because he should not have survived. No. Perhaps. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's been a while. It's been four years. He hasn't killed as much. No. So he is a weak old man. He is. Yeah. Haddonfield has forgotten about him. Mm. And it's given me Freddy vs. Freddy Jason, versus Jason. The house yeah. down boots. Yeah. Um, they've forgotten about him. He hasn't killed anyone. And he's a weak old man. Yeah. And therefore he sort of, I don't know how to describe it, transfers his evil energy. Yeah, I mean, technically he infects seeing him. Seeing the um, trauma ha- is making Corey a, you know, young, angry man. Yeah. And so he's a fitting, you know, vessel for this evil. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I don't know if that's true or fuck. That's how I, think that's I interpreted it. I mean, it was a bit fucking far-fetched. It's a bit and Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's yeah. Revenge. And we're 40 minutes into it, and it is. It's a little bit gay. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's, it's it's a bit gay. Which is fine. Damn know. girl, look at those Did eyes. Before... The blackest eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like gay Dr. Loomis. Mm. <laughs> before we watched Halloween End, and I don't know who it is, and I don't, I, I don't. It was someone on Letterbox. I don't care. Someone random person on Letterbox said that this film was gay, mm-hmm. and we watched it the first time. I mean, how is that gay? And it isn't really. It's a little, but <laughs> now I kind of think like, yeah, it's a bit gay, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he, he sees Myers. He gay. says, "Daddy," um, <laughs> stares into those eyes, and that's it. He's. If he wants to do anything for him, he's basically his Michael Myers is Corey's killing sugar daddy. I mean, really? I like meant to have money to be a sugar daddy. No, he would do the kills instead. They double sugar, team someone. What sugar? Yeah, they do double team someone. <laughs> <laughs> On his way out, Corey's confronted by a homeless man. The homeless man's like, "I say, you go in there and get the mask for me. I'm Michael Myers." <laughs> It could be. It could be actually because later on in the <laughs> film, it just kind of looked like him. Um, but yeah, this this I don't understand. It's like, how, why did he let you live? <laughs> and yeah. then they struggle. Love triangle. Yeah, the old man try. The, well, the homeless old man tries to stab Corey. They have a scuffle, and Corey ends up stabbing the man to death and flees. Yeah. Corey then takes Alison to the house where Jeremy died, which has now been abandoned, by saying, I've killed someone. <laughs> okay, okay. You skipped over an iconic scene. Um, <laughs> two iconic scenes. So, I mean, first of all, Deb's given the promotion. Let's get that out of the way now. She, she's fucked her way oh, to the top. Oh, we know that. But Corey goes home. His mum's standing on the stairway. She's like, where have you been? <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then he strips down to his tighty whiteies after his uh, encounter with Michael and does an evil stare into the mirror whilst his mum's outside, like, just fucking yelling at him at the, through the door. And then we go back to Laurie, who's back on her memoir, and she's like, you have to ask yourself, life or death? Suicide or cherry blossoms? Yeah. <laughs> And then she looks out of a window and Corey is fucking standing behind a bush 
Michael Myers style and staring at her. So she goes outside, and I'm really shocked you didn't get this in your notes. Did I miss She goes it? outside, no one in sight. He fucking appears behind her, and there's no explanation to no. how he could have got there. Yeah. But he jumps from behind her, he jumps out of her, by the looks of it. Um, the Michael Myers teleporting. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that does make sense. I and don't then, know why I missed that. And then, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, Alison, we need to talk, and, and whatever. But then you see Laura's like, oh, shit. This guy's fucking... He, he's he got a thing with Michael. Michael's a sugar daddy. Um, she knows something's up. She, she's noticing he's doing the same things as Michael Myers. Yes. Which then shows us, okay, she's still got that bit of trauma in there. It's still there. Trauma. And this has just triggered it. Trauma. This has brought it back out. Trauma. Yeah. Yeah, and then he says, I killed someone. They go to the old house. Um, the bad boys are still catching Alison's eye. He tells the story of what happened and she says that she already knew what happened and believes that it was fate that they met. Right. And then we get another iconic scene. What I mentioned earlier on. Your two favourites. Laurie, yeah, the Laurie goes to speak to Joan. My two faves get a scene together. And Laurie's like, look, you, your grandson, you know, he's, he's fucking my grand your, your son's fucking my granddaughter. And she's like, your granddaughter should be so luckiest to be with a boy like Corey. He's handsome. He's sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> and then Laura's like, I know he's had his difficulties. And she's like, my son, this town turned against him because your boogeyman disappeared. They needed a new one. Okay. Are they only allowed one boogeyman at a time? <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? They, they, he replaced Michael Myers then? Like, what are you talking about? You fucking crazy woman. Um, and Laurie, she just knows she's not going to win in this scene-stealing contest. Um, so she's like, bitch, I'm sorry, I'm going. And then she leaves. She does. Uh, it is, again, campus tits. And she's just chewing that scenery. She, she Trying to victim scenery. shame Laurie, but how can you focus on that when you're just mesmerised by her performance? Yes. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything to say about that sequence? It's It's... A lot. Corey's handsome and sensitive. Handsome and sensitive. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, he's, his mum's fucking him up just as much as Michael Myers has by transferring his evil. It's true. It just... It, it just I, I kind of... Rather have not have had this Corey backstory if you're not going to deal with it. Yeah. And it's going to be Michael Myers transferring evil mm. from one person to another yeah the jason goes to hell style yeah just without the slug yeah um because it, it's kind of wasted time mm -hmm. you know if if you're going to do that and not fully deal with it yeah it's time that could have been dedicated to laurie it's true um and then laurie and joan have a scene together and Laurie's blown out of the water. It's you know. But let's doesn't say, matter how much you show grief your tits, you can't out camp Joan. Jamie Lee Curtis is blown out of the water. Like yeah. as an actress, she can't she can't live up to that. Like she's on level two hundred, fucking Joan. She's like, is this Christmas with a crank? I mean, I'm wearing a wig. <laughs> so maybe it is. She's like, I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go back and get some hickory honey <laughs> Corey and Alison go on a dinner date. Uh, and it's, a dinner date. It's it's foiled by uh, Chief Officer Doug Paul Lynn, uh, who shows up and harasses them both 
after Corey offers to burn the town to the ground for Allison, he, he Doug comes over and like, Oh, so uh, you call Mr. Aggravated Manslaughter at night when you can't sleep, do you, Allison? But, oh, when you see the bogeyman in your nightmares, you see this guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, during the dinner date, Corey asks Allison why she stayed, which is a question I had. And I don't think it was fully answered, it's just old memories or something like yeah. that, like, um, because there was two sequels. Um, well, one <laughs> sequel, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's it's all right. He event Corey eventually ends up luring Doug. Well, before that, we would get the iconic line of dialogue where Allison's like, "Just burn it all to the ground," and Corey's like, "Ah, oh, oh, like the match." <laughs> was that no? Because all I have in my notes was "burn it all to the ground." Yeah. <laughs> I'll like the match. So all right, is this Joker and Harley Quinn? Yeah, well, I all I had was. Burn it all to the ground. I'll light the match. And I just put LOL. Corey takes Allison home on his they, motorbike. They think it... Oh, yeah, because you get this... So it's like Wild at Heart. Yeah. I know you keep saying James Hurley, but I think it's, it's trying to be Wild, Wild at Heart, heart yeah. now. Um, with a Drive soundtrack. Do you think the Bonnie and Clyde fancy dress in Halloween 2018 forebode this? Maybe. Yes. I suppose it makes sense, but mm. you don't get too much of it because Alison doesn't really get that much involved. No, no. In any of like, it. She's kind of indirectly telling him to kill people. She doesn't know. And I think this is a good time to, to bring up a bugbear that I have. And I've had a few so far. Is... Why wasn't this her boyfriend from the 2018 film? Why was he killed in Halloween Kills? Mm. Because the heart-wrenching death for Alison in Halloween Kills was Karen. Yeah. So the boyfriend being killed, it wasn't the most important death in that film. It was, it was Karen. Death in the film, but... It was. That is very true. But it was Karen. That was the main death. Mm -hmm. She was the main character, really. Um, so this story could have been with him. Yeah. And we would have had more of a connection with him mm -hmm. rather than Corey. And we we wouldn't have had to spend so much time building up Corey as a character. Yeah. Because we've already established. Yeah. It would already been established. And that's it's a book. And his dad died too. So that his could dad died to too. So he's been through the traumatic mm. experience. You know, he's had that. You know, you could have had him getting into some sort of accident, like mm. a car accident or something like that at the beginning. Him being blamed. You know, you could have had something similar and it would have made more sense. Yeah. That's true. Um. So... Yeah, he, he takes her home on a motorbike whilst Come To Me by Johnny Goff plays. Uh, and then, yeah, then he... Doug follows them and Corey lures him to the sewer. So he finds a dead homeless guy in a tent. Uh, they have a scrap outside briefly, him and Corey. And then he follows him into the sewer. Before he goes in, he forgets he's Paul in for a second and thinks he's some sort of fucking Italian gangster. He's like, you don't fuck with Doug Mullaney. <laughs> Um, Michael, in a weakened state, emerges, and he and Corey double-team murder Doug. Um, yeah. Yeah, Corey holds him down whilst Michael does the penetrating. Um, um, but Michael, he, you can see his batteries are recharging from this death, which is great. It, it, it's in keeping with Halloween Kills. 
Yes, it's also in keeping with Hellraiser as well. Yeah, yeah, he's getting Considering strong. they're not, this isn't retro. His yeah. references are all from the fucking <laughs> they 80s. But his kills are making him stronger. Yeah. You know, hints at a supernatural side to Michael Myers, despite the fact that this whole trilogy has been about the fact that he's just a man. That hint's still there. Yeah, which it, it kind of does make the ending of Halloween Kills... Mm. Uh, confusing as well yeah it, it's mixed mixed messages yeah um he goes home to Alison well goes to Alison's house I'll say and he's like I don't know what's happening to me Alison I was like okay this is giving Lost Boys this is giving Freddy's Revenge um, yeah the gay the gay undertones are there is like, I just double teamed a man with Michael Myers um he asks her what happened between her and Michael she says that her mum saved her and Laurie, from outside, watches Alison take Corey upstairs for a good scene too. Yes. Um, very much in the start of the start of the original Halloween. Yeah, I get the impression he lasted a bit longer though. He definitely Judas lasted a bit longer. Friend. Yeah, he stayed the night. Um, he stayed the whole night. And Michael watches Laurie from a distance. <gasps> so he's out of the sewer oh. now. He's out of the sewer. And it's that point where you're like, oh fuck yes, here we go. Yes. It's not too late into the film. Yeah. This is Michael and Laurie's film now. Here we are. The next morning, Corey wakes up. <laughs> Corey wakes up before Alison and takes his scarecrow mask from her uh, from her desk. Yeah, oh yeah, the one he wore I've, to the party. Yeah, I think this mask is really creepy. It is creepy. Um, Scarecrows inherently are yeah. creepy. I mean, I'm assuming that's the point. Scarecrows away. Deb thinks it's uh, fitting for Haddonfield that Alison would fall in love with a psycho, and suggests it would have been funny if Laurie fell in love with Michael. That's true. Alison's like, you shut the. Off. She did, and then and then Debs is like, "Yeah, I do talk a lot sometimes, <laughs> don't I?" Bye. <laughs> Lindsay's best scene. Uh, Laurie tells Lindsay that she she goes into the bar. It's daytime. Um, Lindsay's working in there. It's empty. Like oh, I can see Michael in Corey's eyes, and Lindsay's like, "Oh my god, I had someone in here the other day saying the same thing." <laughs> yeah, let me introduce you to him. Jeremy's dad is there at the bar conveniently he's there and he's, he's there like well I, I knew he didn't kill my son and uh, the other day i saw him and like, you know i'm gonna go and tell him i know you didn't kill him and we're all right we're friends we are but then he lent into my car oh my god his eyes is it wasn't the same person and i drove off what <laughs> the devil's eyes the devil's eyes okay hang on a minute why is everyone talking about Corey's eyes in town? Yeah. Why is that the town's big discussion currently? Um, is there not a lot going on in Haddonfield? Why is There's he conveniently too much going there? on in Haddonfield? <laughs> Why is he conveniently there at the bar? And it's just playing pool. <laughs> Who is playing pool against? No idea. No one. He's Absolutely just no playing pool by himself. Yeah. Bizarre scene, but it's the fact that Lindsay's like, "Oh my god, I have someone for you." I have so funny. So camp. To. And yeah, and it's it's the guy right behind. I have someone that you need to talk to. What, that guy right <laughs> behind me? The only other person in this bar. So like people just going to Lindsay that day like, oh yeah, I've seen Corey. His eyes. Woof. Walking down the street just <laughs> having a think when a snake of a guy gave me an evil way. Why are they all going to, <laughs> to Lindsay telling Lindsay, her about this? <laughs> she's, she's got the tea. You know, Is it's... she an optician? Like, what's going No, on? she's... Um... Everyone knows she's the main pot stirrer on uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So she, she's the main pot stirrer in Haddonfield as well. And that's it. That's the last of Lindsay. That is the last of Lindsay. Lindsay, there is a scene at the end of this film where we see the whole of Haddonfield. Lindsay's not there. No, it's just 
you know was I she was limited there. like i was there in the cinema Lindsay. <laughs> she wasn't there yeah that's it she's gone um she did great she had three of the campus scenes right. in the film she did all right. um, considering it was a big it's like oh i'm filming i'm filming for halloween ends <laughs> i'm filming for halloween ends it probably took her two days yeah i assumed she was gonna have an elaborate death scene Dr. Mathis, um, the, the top boss at the hospital, Haddonfield Memorial, um, also is mentioned in Halloween 2018 as, uh, or, or was it Halloween Kills, where the couple that got killed in the doctor and nurse's outfit, they're talking about their boss yeah. and how slimy he is. This is him. This yeah. is Carrying on that storyline, uh, Dr. Mathis, and uh, he takes Deb home, Nurse Deb, and uh, they're going back for some fun. And he walks in and says... In a giant house. Another giant house. Like, this one is, like, even nicer than Jeremy's parents. It's like the one in Martin. Yeah. That's that's what this whole scene is like, Martin. Yeah, but he's got a pool. Yeah. He's got a really nice, like, wooden fire burner outside in his garden. He he used the word collusion earlier in the film. (laughs) Um, so he's giving me like Donald Trump vibes, MAGA, yeah. house down boots. Yeah. Um, she, he's bought her a gift of Debs. What does he say when he walks in the house? What does he say? Hey Alexa, play Tell Me With Your Eyes by Rob <laughs> Galbraith. <laughs> and Deb, a random song. Deb's like, this house is so rich. <laughs> Do you know what? She's not wrong. Super cool. Is it so chic? It is chic. So chic. If he'd walked in and said, play Don't Fear the Reaper yeah. by Blue Oyster Cult. And <laughs> Play these... the Shamrock theme song. Yeah, and these... De- oh my God, yeah. And these deaths were too Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. I mean, that would have been cool. Um, He's bought her a, like, a dressing gown. He has. Uh, so doesn't she... give it to her. No. Just leaves it on the bed. So she decides the best thing to do is get a shower mm-hmm. for some reason. He's bought her a gift. Doesn't even thank him for it. No. Doesn't go back to say thank you. Puts it on. So then she can then take it off and get in the shower. <laughs> um, confusing. Um, she didn't get in the shower though in no. the end, does she? Because she... Dr. Mavis is killed. Yeah, a really creepy scene. Mm. Really creepy. Yeah. The way this set up. Um, Corey's in the scarecrow mask now. And he's stabbing him to death with a corkscrew. Hey, hey where's, where's corkscrew? Cork Another eighties reference. How is well? I'm assuming it's not retro. So. It's not retro. Um, she she manages to get away from Corey um, and tries to call for help, but then Michael appears <gasps> from behind her, lifts her up against the painting by her throat, and pins her to the painting with his knife before standing and staring over his head tilted, just like when he killed poor Bob oh, in 1978. How retro. Um. Really great. This is such a great scene. And I, I kind of wish we had more of it. If this is what they were going to do, and this is their plan, I wish we had more scenes of Michael and Corey going around killing people together. Yeah, because this is your slasher film. Yeah. This is. This is um, two people who have um, mildly inconvenienced Corey mm. or upset Alison. Yeah. And so he is, he kills them mm-hmm. in a, you know, slasher film kind of way him with michael yeah, yeah um michael's doing it because he likes killing people yeah. Corey's doing it because he likes killing people and they've upset him because they've screwed over allison yeah you know 
slasher film 101 yeah, yeah. you got two two of them you know this makes sense yeah but this is the only scene where that happens yeah yeah this is much. this is the only this and the double team with Doug. yeah yeah um, yeah it, it it's it's cool it's a good scene and it was i think highly featured in the trailer as well yeah um again another case of misadvertising and, and also the, the way this film is uh shot as well i really like which I, I can't believe we've spoke about this enough like now i'm recording this and i mentioned twice but it's it's kind of shot with that same sort of style as halloween 2018 halloween kills where it's, it's got that retro feel to it yes but it looks like a film in the 70s and yeah. David Gordon Green is a good director. He knows, yes, yeah. considering he's mostly mostly made comedies and dramas before this, he knows how to frame a horror, a horror film, and he, he does it fantastically. It's it's interesting how we get into the point where comedic actors and women mm-hmm. are making the best horror films. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's Jordan Peele. Yeah, comedian. Yeah. Um, John, uh, John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah. In Quiet Place, one and two. Comedian. It's true. Yeah. You know, it's... I, I'm sure there's a link there and someone might write a book on <laughs> it or, or a blog post on it. I, I, I think, think it's interesting. Yeah. I'd have liked to have seen the scenes in between this where uh, Corey and Michael Myers were travelling around together. Did he put Michael on the back of his motorbike? <laughs> uh, I think it was an Uber. <laughs> it's like, right, okay, when we go in, you hide over here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And Burn It Down by Boy Harsha plays as Corey and Allison go for a post-murder motorbike ride to the radio station. Yes, Burn It Down. They uh, they sit on top of the station next to the radio tower and Corey tells her he wants them to run away before jumping from the roof. <gasps> and in the style of uh, Lisa Barlow in Atlanta, uh, Allison says, Are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> that is the exact same delivery. <laughs> Um, but then, true. um, <laughs> the bizarre series of events, she, she goes down from the radio station, both outside, Willie the Kid makes an appearance, it's like, Corey Cunningham, what the fuck are you doing out here, you ugly motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes on to read Alison's oh film, he's like, gosh. and this dumb bitch, he's like, <laughs> she, he's like, your grandmother teased the man with brain damage, who then went on to murder a bunch of people. <laughs> He, the library is open. He reads them both to filth. Um, this is giving Lisa Barlow as well a hot mic moment. <laughs> Your grandmother fucked half of New York. <laughs> but also, a very good point. Michael was mentally unwell. And yeah. Laurie was sitting there praying for him to come back so she could murder him. And she set up a trap for him. It's yeah. like, oh, that's, that's true. True. Interesting, again gets yeah. five seconds of film, and the fact that she's infamous just as much as Michael Myers in that town. Yeah, you know everyone knows her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alison tells Corey that she wants to leave Haddonfield with him. She's done with being called a dumb bitch. She's sick of him being called ugly, um, <laughs> and she, she wants to go. Laurie watches from a distance. Doing that. In a fucking bizarre series of events of a capital B, Joan's back. Um, Corey goes home. She starts sniffing him. Yes. And she's like, I can smell her on you. She's trying to take you away from me, isn't she? Well, I say go. Go right now. Get out of my house. She slaps him. She kisses him on the fucking lips. Leaves. Ronald is in the darkness in the corner of a beer. And he <laughs> says... 
I hope you find love. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. End that is scene. the scene. End it scene. is 20 seconds of chaos. Absolute chaos. And I, I don't get it. it. Obviously, again, it's the fucked up relationship with his mother. But what's that? I hope you find love. And then end scene. That's it. Yeah. Okay. We're then taking to October 31st. Um, Laurie is watching Corey sleeping in the spot where Jeremy died in Jeremy's house. She's sitting like a butch queen in a chair. There's a, a thing on the internet that she's she sat like a uh, a butch uh, queen. Yeah, yeah. She she she's giving she's giving lesbian energy. She's rocking back and forth. Yeah. She throws a paper plane at him in reference to when he wanted to make paper planes of Jeremy the night he died. Yeah. Uh, and then she tells him to leave Alison alone. Yes. Yeah. Essentially. This is the big bad bitch Laurie that we wanted. She is fucking... She means business now. She does. She's sick of this guy stealing her film. And she, she wants him gone. He blames her for the events that have occurred in Haddonfield like everyone else does. Mm. Uh, and says if he can't have Alison, no one will. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. He then she disappears, Michael Myers style. Yeah. Um, tiptoes out of the house when he's not looking. Corey calls Alison at work, tells her they have to leave that night and that Laurie wants to kill him. He then returns to the sewers for a bizarre series of events. It's filmed from a distance, from the edge of the sewer. And I shit you not, he has a slapstick fight with Michael Myers. Yeah. It is comical. Give me the man. So camp. He is like, you're just an old man, just an old man with a mask. And they have a fight and he wins. Yeah. He, he gets Michael Myers' mask. He does. Um, Michael is left without a mask and he does his iconic sit up thing, which looks so strange about his mask on. Um, what do you make of this scene? Because, I mean, I enjoy it for the camp value, but it's kind of like Michael Myers has killed two people now. He's, you know, he's regained some of his strength. How is this fucking 24-year-old stealing this mask from him after the Michael we saw in Halloween Kills? I just... It's silly. It, it's, it's so silly. It's so if you silly. put some Benny Hill music over the top of this, yeah, it'd fit it's, perfectly. It's stupid. It, it's just a continuation of them being some sort of fucking Abbott and Costello <laughs> double act. Just like fucking Laurel and Hardy bullshit. Um, yeah, I think it's stupid. It's completely out of place. It's completely out of place for Michael Myers as a character. Really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I mean, it's a means to an end. But he, he could brings, have just like, stolen the mask. He could have. He, he brings, this helps him bring Michael to Laurie. Yeah. This is the connecting dots. Yeah. So, he, Corey vandalises the bully's car, um, which was absolutely given Halloween five. The fact they're in a Cadillac and they, all the bullies travelled around in it. Yeah. And one of them was very sensitive about his car. It's very Halloween five. Um, he vandalises the car. They chase him to the yard, uh, the salvage yard where he works. Meanwhile, Laurie and Alison have an argument as she plans to leave and uh, Alison blames Laurie for Michael's actions like everyone else. Yeah, which everyone has Fucking, a point. They do, but... but... The film, they just keep saying it. Yeah. And and Laurie kind of, in the moment, it's like, oh, and then gets over it. Yeah. Straight away. You know, Laurie's not a character who gets over things quickly. No. 
and you know when she's being you know shouted at by Sandra's sister mm. when Alison says it you know when anyone says it to her she's like well and then gets over it and doesn't yeah. deal yeah. with it because yeah. we don't get Laurie as a character in this film mm-hmm. we just get and Laurie's there yeah and Laurie does this mm-hmm. it's not you know Laurie feels this as much as it should be yeah yeah um and also I kind of feel like the two of them have been through so much together that Alison should probably be believing her over this guy she's just met that is also and that's again a reason why I thought having the the boy I do forget his name Corey no the boyfriend from 2018 oh uh Cameron Cameron if they had Cameron survived, it would make more sense yeah. as to why Alison would take Cameron's side over Laurie's. Mm. Um, this Corey guy has just come out of nowhere. I don't really know the time frame. It, it literally, I mean, a week. If What's that... the time frame of this film? Because it's I mean... been Halloween pumpkin pie making. Yeah. From the very beginning. Yeah. I mean, all we know is October 31st. So yeah. we how much has passed between them. What I'm assuming is it's literally been not, so, hang not on, even so, a week. Wait. So they met the yeah. hospital. Um, and then that night was the party, weren't it? Yes. Then after the party, Paulin got killed. Yeah. Then... After Paul Lynn, it was Nurse Deb. Mm. It's been three fucking days. Three days. Three days. It's been three days. And Alison is taking Corey's side over Laurie's. Yeah. Even though Laurie, despite her faults, has kind of been right in mm-hmm. the past. I mean, she's maybe forced the, uh, the issue at times, yeah. which is why she's had backlash. But she has been... Correct on numerous occasions. Yeah. Corey is just some random guy that she met. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she's what, stigmatized or something. She is. She is. The dick must be great. The bullies go to the salvage yard and decide on trashing Corey's bike, but before they can go through with it, Terry finds Billy with one of his drumsticks in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have loved to have seen it on screen, but yeah. that still makes for a great image. Corey starts a truck up and chases them all down. Uh, the truck is giving Christine. He traps Margot under the truck with a fence on top of her. Terry asks Ronald for help. He gives Terry a gun and tells him to stay in the office. Stacy's killed off screen. Ronald spots Corey without the mask and tries to stop Terry from shooting him, but he's shot instead. Through the head. Yeah? Yeah. Um... Terry goes over and Margot, he tells Margot Stacy's dead. And she's like, you're dead too. Yeah. <laughs> you're dead too. And Corey now has the mask on and kills Terry with a blowtorch to the mouth before stomping on and splattering Margot's face. And then yes. driving away, running her over in the process. Yes. Um, great scene. Fantastic scene. Really great scene. You know, the gory, over-the-top kills yeah. that we saw in Halloween Kills and Halloween 2018, 2018 yeah. as well. Um, 
I just feel like the morals are mixed. Yeah. Um, because the suggestion is Corey has the same evil energy as Michael, but his murders are based on revenge. He yeah. set yeah. this up. Yeah. This isn't random. No. So uh, whatever they're saying or trying to say isn't clear. No. Um, it can be justified that evil energy doesn't necessarily mean you go around killing randomly. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, and I need that to be maybe a little more explicit. Yeah. Um, for them to deal with that, the themes, a bit better. Yeah. He then goes to uh, his mother's house um, and we see him approach her to kill her and she lets out a big dramatic scream as expected but then it cuts away which is such a shame yes. because in the trailer we see him attacking her with a knife and the, she's got a pillow in front of her and the feathers are going everywhere it's as dramatic as you'd expect it to be yeah. but I even said to Chris in the cinema I was like this is going to be fucking great but it just cuts away yeah. it's a shame I, I, I assume we'll get an extended version um, I wanted to see her full death scene I, I feel like it would have been fantastic um, but then he goes to the radio station. And it took a fantastic death scene. Yeah. Over the top death scene. He murders the Slay Queen receptionist in the background. I feel like that was a cameo, but I don't know who it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do feel like it was a cameo. Willie the Kid starts playing I Was a Teenage Werewolf by the Cramps. Uh, and then Corey walks in, repeatedly slams Willie's head. Uh, <laughs> Willie the Kid's head uh, into his record player and then cuts off his fucking tongue. He cuts off his fucking tongue with a pair of scissors. Yes. In great detail. In great detail. Um, yeah, best the, death scene of the film. The best death scene of the film. He definitely gets the most gruesome death. I'm not sure why. Because well, it wasn't the worst. To, the mother should really have had the worst. Yeah. Death. I mean, cutting off the tongue is because he's always talking. Everyone can always hear him. And yeah. And he called him an ugly motherfucker did. too. Um, yeah. Um, back at the Shrode house, Laurie leaves a voicemail for Alison to apologise before downing a drink, lighting a pumpkin and calling the police to report her suicide. Mm. Oh my God. I was nearly in tears in the cinema. I actually thought, oh my God, this is it. Did you really think I thought, so? this film has took so many risks so far, this is how she's going out. Oh, and Alison would have been the final girl. Yeah. And she would have found Corey there. Yeah. And assumed that he did it. Yeah. But it's in reverse. It's in reverse. Corey is in the house. We do not talk about <laughs> Corey in the house anymore. Speaking of Raven, um... And uh, enters the room once he thinks she's dead. The scene from the trailer. Yeah. And uh, it's not, come on, let's go, that she says, like in the trailer. She says, while she's holding a gun to him, did you really think I'd kill myself? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that because yeah. she was asking Corey, but she was also asking... The audience. Gary Cruz <laughs> sat next to me. About to grab a uh, a, a Kleenex balsam yeah. to dry his eyes. Uh, should you really think I'd kill you myself? You hear the splatter. You see the splatter on the wall. But it's the fucking pumpkin. She shot the pumpkin. Um, but yeah, fantastic scene. And this, okay, this is a Laurie Strode. This is the character this we wanted. The, how long into the film? Uh, like So long. An hour and a half into the film. Yeah. Um, and this final 20 minutes are just incredible. Absolutely. Including the scene with Corey. Including the scene with Corey. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Really well set up. 
She shoots him down the stairs uh, and he takes his mask off. She pulls him by his hair <laughs> and tells him to kill her if that's what he went there to do. But instead, he says, if I can't have her and stabs himself in the neck to frame Laurie for his death. Alison arrives just as Laurie pulls the knife out of his neck. Yes. Alison um, and uh, Andy Matichak and Jamie Lee Curtis, they fucking act in this scene. Alison just screams at her, Laurie's crying, and it's like, okay, you're really delivering. Yeah, considering Alison barely fucking yeah. the fucker. And he's there, like, definitely looking shady. He's like, in Michael Myers' outfit. Definitely in a Michael Myers' outfit. <laughs> the like, mask is right there. What did so Laurie put the costume on him <laughs> to then kill him? They're role playing. Like what? Is, yeah, is this a weird sex game gone wrong? Is Allison upset because Laurie shagged him or because Laurie killed him? Um, Michael then appears. Michael. Yeah, well, Allison storms out and drives away. Yeah, she 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 storms off. She's had enough. She he suddenly arrives and Corey's not officially dead. No, uh, Michael finishes him off. He does, and Corey's been wanting the whole film. Well, Michael edging the whole film sits on him. He does and breaks his neck, <laughs> but it definitely one hundred percent looks like Michael is riding Corey's cock. Yeah, it, he's. <laughs> It's like there's some bouncing going on. There is. And it's a close-up shot of Michael's there's face going up and down. Close-up shot. His, his arse, breathing. His, his breathing. <laughs> the way he sat, his ass is definitely on the crotch area. Um, that's gay. That's gay. Alice, I'm here for it. Yeah. Alison finds the radio station on fire and gets a call from Frank, who tells a lorry phone in a suicide. And then she's like, Oh my god. And no, come on, Alison. You should have realised the moment you went into the fucking house. Yeah. She should have been a bit more about her. And we get it. The final showdown between Laurie and Michael begins this after she... the trailer promised. After she sets up her microwave to go off and distract him, she fucking launches at him and the two of them have a big scrap. Yes. He throws her around the kitchen. He tries forcing her hand into a garbage disposal. Which she... is scary. It is we scary. We don't have those in the UK. That's yeah. That's scary. And this all no one. I mean, it's just blades, isn't it? It is down yeah. your kitchen sink. This entire sequence is scary and yeah. it's intense because you know only one of them is going to survive. Yeah, you know that's what's going to happen. And it's Halloween ends. Oh no! What? Only one of them's going to survive. I knew Michael Myers was going to die. I knew Michael Myers was going to die. What I didn't know is if Laurie was going to die as well. Mm, yeah. And Laurie is the heart of the Halloween franchise. Yeah. And there's so many scene parts in this sequence that genuinely makes you think she's going to die. Yeah. yeah like absolutely. he, she tries to attack him with a knitting needle for old time's sake, but he forced it into her, into her ear, which doesn't really do much damage because she's fine after. But anyway, it's, it's generally Did you not see the bit at the end of the film? No. Like, what? <laughs> Hey, he's saying she manages cherry blossoms. Who? <laughs> what? We're not there yet. She manages to pin Michael to the table with knives in both hands before pushing a fridge on top of his legs. When we watched it at the cinema, I thought she was going to climb on the fridge and jump off it onto him. That would have been cool. <laughs> she pulls out a kitchen knife. We see his reflection in the knife, <gasps> and she stabs him in the armpit. Clearly, as revenge for Big John, as he got stabbed in the armpit. Rest in peace. 
she removes his mask and slits his throat. Yes. But yeah. then he breaks one arm free and starts to strangle her. And he has a raven vision um, to all of her encounters with him. Yeah. It's the big moment. What, including resurrection? <laughs> no, not that. It's, wig, it's the big moment, and he, I thought, this is it. Shit, she's going to die. But he's his, float, his throat's been slit. He's going to bleed to death. Yeah, I assume they would both die together. Yeah, and I thought that was it. But Alison arrives and fucking breaks his arm and says, I'm not going to let this happen to you. And it's like, yes, queen, this is what we wanted. Yeah, so then Laurie um, slices his wrist. Yeah, and that's it. And yeah, He's that's dead. the end of Michael Myers. Frank arrives and finds them both with Michael's corpse on the kitchen table. Awkward situation. And he's like, Michael. And Laurie's like, he's dead. Alison's like, not dead enough. And if that wasn't melodramatic enough for you, they strap his corpse in a bizarre series of events to the top of Alison's car and drive it to the salvage yard by police escort. Everyone's there. Julian's there. Sandra's there. The, the lot of, all of Haddonfield are there. Apart, apart from, from Lindsay. Apart from Lindsay. And Jeremy's parents, unless I miss them. Um, and they all follow her in what Laurie Lake describes as a procession. I'm sure that's the right term to use for it. No, it's a procession. Uh, procession. Is it? Ooh, I Pro thought it was like a... Procession. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, no, no, it's not. You know, it is giving hairspray. <laughs> it is hairspray. It is giving hairspray. <laughs> And Laurie is Tracy Turnblad. Yeah. But yeah, no procession it's, is, is the right It word. is a symbol of Haddonfield getting rid of their evil. And I, I'm here for how cheesy it is. The, oh, it's fucking camembert levels yeah. of cheese. The, it really is. <laughs> the residents of Haddonfield crowd surf Michael to Laurie. Who then pushes in his body. He does crowd surf. He does crowd surf. Yeah. <laughs> she pushes his body into an industrial shredder. And Alison pulls the switch, crushing him in the process. We see it all. We see his body snapping half. We see his brain crushed. Did part of you think he was going to come back and grab Laurie and take her in with him? No. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? I could imagine. I could imagine. I mean, that would have been a great, uh, like, Carrie ending. Yeah. But not to spell Carrie for anyone. If you've never seen Carrie, you know, that's, that's on you. Um, a great carry ending when the hand comes out and then it's Laurie in bed ah, and then dreaming. The, That'd be the, great. The voiceover begins and it's and just like that, Michael was gone. <laughs> in the ensuing days, Alison Diaz. <laughs> Alison and Laurie uh, reconcile and Alison is the first person to ever leave Haddonfield. She is. She's off she to goes. Pastures new wherever. Yeah. Laurie finishes her memoir. And says, I've said goodbye to my boogeyman, but the truth is, evil doesn't die, it changes shape. Yeah. Frank brings her... A... I'm sorry, is that Carrie? Are you still doing Carrie Bradshaw? Yeah. Oh, okay. Frank brings her a basket of groceries to thank her for killing Michael Myers and to let her know he's thinking of her. And her final lines of dialogue, she says, What was it you were saying about those cherry blossoms? And they sit on the porch together... Before we're given shots of Laurie's empty house with the final one showing Michael's mask on the table. And I didn't hear it the second time I watched it, but the first time I watched it, I swear I heard breathing. Indicating that Corey's still alive. 
But I, I could be wrong. Could be someone in the cinema is heavy breathing. Um, but then probably someone snoring. <laughs> the end credits play with "Don't Fear the Reaper" playing over the end credits. Yes, and that's Halloween ends. And that is Halloween ends. Do you want to hear ends. about uh, David Gordon Green's other ideas? Um, well, are we going to discuss the one that was uh, tested? Yeah. But first of all, okay. according to Green, there are several considered endings for Halloween ends. Yes. With some being really bleak and others less so. But after Kills had a bleak ending, Green desired to have an ending with a note of satisfaction, feeling that the one included in the finished film was an optimistic and unhopeful one. He felt ultimately happy at giving Laurie Strode an upbeat ending after all traumatic events she lived through in the film and its predecessors. And he said, I've come too far with Laurie Strode. I was never going to kill her. I want to believe in her and her future. But he also said there was an ending where she died. So I don't know. There was another ending where it was the last shot was going to be at the Silver Shamrock Factory. With the masks from Halloween 3 and a new one. The Michael Myers mask. Ooh. A rumoured one. Uh, on a YouTube video we watched, um, I, I believe the channel's called uh, What Are We Still Doing Here? Where they said... the Yeah, just a little bit of context. I believe it's widely considered that the test screening didn't go well. Yeah. And the biggest, or one of the biggest issues the test audience had with the film was this ending. Mm. Um, we haven't seen, personally, I haven't seen this ending, obviously, no. but I haven't seen any evidence to say that this is definitely the ending that was rejected. But from the YouTube video that we watched, this is what's being suggested was the test ending. Yeah. Yeah, that was rejected So supposedly, by the audience. Supposedly, Laurie Strode attempts to strangle Alison... Alison breaks away and she tells Alison to get out of the house quickly because the evil has taken over her uh, and Alison should save herself and that's the end of the film. And then she throws herself out the window to the bottom of the stairs. Is that what was said? No. No, no, actually, yeah. She, no, yeah that the exorcist. It's the, the exorcist. exorcist. <laughs> the, the franchise that David Gordon Green's taken on next. Um, <laughs> I hope that's not oh true. Oh my God, could I, you I, imagine I, that was I it? really... And Laurie hope. Strode appears at the beginning of The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah. I hope that ending's not true. I I hope so, because I would lose a lot of respect. Yeah. Because that is fucking shit. That's awful. That is a shit ending. Yeah. That is, that is awful. Because at the end of the day, it's four films, okay? It's the original, it's 2018, it's Halloween Kills... And it's Halloween. Yes. Yeah. That's how they're looking at it. Okay. But it's not. It'll never be just those four films. Because fans will have parts three, four, five, six, you know, H2O and Resurrection. They will always be there. Yeah. They will always. So Laurie Strode isn't just that woman, you know, who 40 years later and then mm -hmm. four years after that. That's never who it's going to be. In my mind, Laurie Strode is Jamie Lee Curtis and every film that she's done in the Halloween franchise. Yeah. And they have to they have to consider. They have to. Yeah. And that ending is bullshit. Yes. Bullshit. I can't believe Jamie Lee Curtis would actually film it. Exactly. I, I really can't. 
Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad they didn't go with that. And the ending as it is, I think is a perfect ending. Yeah, she, it's the best part of the film. She got a happy ending. Yeah. And it would have meant a lot more if Halloween Ends had been her film. Yeah. Because by the end of it, you know, that's cool. That's fabulous. And it, you are bringing in all those previous films. You know, remember the shit ending she got in Resurrection? Mm. You know... So you are bringing in, and then the fucking off-screen one she got in part four, <laughs> you know, in that timeline. So this is a good ending for her because mm. we were always on her side. Yeah. We were always rooting for Laurie, no matter what. So this is great. But in terms of Halloween Ends as a film, I was, you know, Alison was maybe the more invested yeah. into, and she yeah. just got a lapse. See ya. Bye. Yeah. Um... The future of the franchise. Uh, John Carpenter joked about how future installments could be produced if the film would be a success. Although he acknowledged that Green was adamant in ends being their stories ending. In an interview with New York Times, Jamie Lee Curtis commented that the four films commencing with 78 and concluding with ends were self-contained, although there was still the possibility of a new narrative being adapted into future films. And Curtis had previously confirmed in an essay for People that Halloween ends will be her last appearance in the franchise. Jason Blum reiterated that while it would not be the final film in the franchise, it will be the last Halloween movie under Blumhouse, with the intellectual property rights reverting to producer Malika Card following the release of Ends. Where do you think it's going to go next? I don't know. I don't... I'm not sure if it can really go anywhere. Um... Really, with without Jamie Lee Curtis, is anyone really going to be that interested? Let's yeah. let's be honest. My initial thought was they're just going to remake the original again. Yeah, and I I, I genuinely feel like that's going to happen. But a fr I'm stealing this idea from a friend who mentioned the idea of Alison being pregnant with Corey's baby, coming back twenty twenty eight, just like Halloween four. And the baby, uh, the, the kid being a little more grown up and being like the same age as Danielle Harris's character in Halloween 4. Yeah. And just being an evil kid. And maybe someone imitates Michael Myers, comes back. Maybe Corey survived or... Wouldn't surprise me if that happened. It just... You heard it here first on the, on this podcast. Yeah. But the, the Blumhouse uh, trilogy, the big selling point was number one, it was Blumhouse. Yeah. And secondly, it was Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, there's a reason why she has been selling the fucking hell out of all three films. Yeah. The big deal was her returning mm. for the three films. You know? Yeah. That was the big deal. That was the selling point. I think that was a huge reason as to why Halloween 2018 was so successful. Was Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. Without her, I don't know if anyone's going to be massively interested. You'd be surprised. I mean, I've noticed a, a alarming amount of people that couldn't give a shit about what happened to Jamie Lee Curtis in this film. And their mm -hmm. biggest gripe was Michael Myers. Yeah. They wanted Michael Myers, which was the same critique in 1982 for Halloween 3. Yeah. So I kind of feel like as long as you shove Michael Myers in there, it's going to make money. Yeah, I suppose. Um, Straight people watch films too, you know. Yeah. So, so overall, like I said, I've been quite harsh on Halloween ends. 
But I think as a film, it's good. It kept me it entertained. Yeah. There's some camp moments. As the final film in this four-film quadrilogy, it doesn't hold up. Mm. And that's my issue. That's my bugbear. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, there's something about it. I know we've absolutely ranked the film. It's stupid. But it, there's, there's something about it. It's stupid so enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And it's the same with Halloween Kills and, and Halloween 2018. Um, they've obviously got more silly as they've gone on. Um, but there's just something about it that I just really enjoy. And like, even with all the gripes I have with it, you know, a lot of the film I don't enjoy for the right reasons, but it's so camp and melodramatic that it's just something charming about it. I, I yeah. don't know what it is, but yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, there is just obviously a lot wrong with it, as we've just told you over the last two yeah, hours. It's a so. messy. It, it is messy. Um, another question for yeah. you. Yeah. In terms of the Halloween franchise, how would... Uh, check out Gary's letterbox for his ranked list of Halloween <laughs> films. But in terms of the different timelines, yeah. how would you rank those? The timelines... This one would be first. Yeah. It would still be first. No I, I agree Because they, they dealt with Jamie Lee Curtis the best. Yeah. Then it would be the H2O and Resurrection. Okay. Because as much as I hate Resurrection, H2O also dealt with the character really well. Yeah. With her alcoholism and, and such. Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Now. Um, then it would be Season of the Witch. Okay, yeah. The timeline has nothing to do with it. Right, okay. I didn't really mean that, but okay. Um, and then it would be the fucking stupid fawn court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then finally, obviously, Rob Zombie. Yeah. But, I mean, above all of those, I would rank just the first film on its own as being its own timeline. Or, you know, if you just watched 1 and 2018 together, that feels like a good enough timeline on its own. But official timelines-wise, it is Blumhouse, uh, Post Scream, Season of the Witch, Fawn Call, Rob Zombie. I agree, actually. I do agree with that. Because as much as I enjoy Halloween 4... Five and six are just trash. And the whole idea of him in a court was awful. Fucking awful. Yeah, it's, it's a shame, really, because Donald Pleasance was a huge part. Yes. And, you know, Donald Pleasance was great in his role. He was great in any role. Um, but, yeah, I think the films did let him, him down a little bit. In, in regards to my ranking of the films, I don't think this is as good as H2O. I don't think it's as good as Halloween Kills. I don't think it's as good as Halloween 2018 or the original, of course. But better than everything else. Better than four. Better than four. Yeah. Mm, I'd put it below four. Below four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
every single scene with Corey's mother. Yes, I agree. But for me, mm-hmm. and my personal history, Richards. it's the Taylor Armstrong reenactment. <laughs> it, it, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Ratings, I give it eight grief, grief flashing strodes out of ten. Oh, we didn't, we didn't. If you've got the same. I've got, I gave it six <laughs> grief ridden tit flashes out of ten. <laughs> Wait, okay, no, okay. Let me try again. Uh, I give it six custard desserts out of ten. <laughs> custard deprived men. Custard deprived <laughs> Um, custard deprived secret keeping boys. Yeah. Uh, masterpiece, trash piece, trash or basic. I just got fun. That's all I can think of. It's bordering on basic. Yeah. It is bordering on basic, but uh, there's, there's stuff to be enjoyed. Available in cinemas now and on Peacock if you're in America. Uh, if you enjoy this, I, I mean, I have the obvious one. Check out Christine. Yes. Yeah. Check out Christine. Um, if, I said, if you enjoy this, check out Wild at Heart. Yeah. Or Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. Oh, Nightmare Nashry too. Yeah. If you <laughs> like uh, overbearing mothers. Yeah. And bicycle, <laughs> bicycles and uh, motorbikes, then check out Wild at yeah. Heart. A phenomenally better film. Yes. <laughs> and that's Halloween ends. Let us know. No, I don't even know if to say if you enjoyed it. I don't think anyone did. Um, let us know your thoughts on the film on social media with Horrorcore Trash over on Facebook and Instagram, Horrorcore Trash on Twitter. I'm Dalek Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Gaz2205 on Instagram, and GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And give us a rate, review, subscribe on iTunes if you've been massively entertained by our October offerings. Like a follow on Everything House, give us a rate on Spotify. This is released on a Monday, so we'll have no new episode on Tuesday, but we'll be back on Friday, kicking off Nasty November, joined by Tipsy Flicks discussing The Evil Dead. Yes, very much looking forward to that one. So we'll be back, same time, same place, on Friday. Have a happy Halloween. Bye. (laughs)